Mo Facts with Adam Curry for January 26, 2022. This is episode number 74. Did you miss us? We sure missed y'all. We're back on our steel sticks. Adam Curry coming to you from the heart of the Texas Hill Country. And time once again to spin the wheel of topics all the way from here to chilly northern Virginia. Please say hello to my friend on the other end, Mr. Mo Facts. How you doing, Adam? Mo, I love this track. <laughs> I, I, I'm familiar with the song, of course, but not with this particular version. And then she, she kicks it again here. Ugh. This is Kanye? This is Kanye's Kanye. track? And track? Yeah. That's Yeezy. I love it. It's really good. Hey, man, how you doing? What's going on in your world? Fired. I. Uh, Fire! Been waiting, to, been waiting to play that for a couple of months. Wow! Like All right, tell us free. Tell us free. Tell us what's going on. Hey, I got the after 15 years of uh, service with the company that I was employed, formerly employed by. And now you start. They, you started at a low level position there, right? And, and worked your way up in the in the in the company. Well, I mean, I started out as a technician. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole nother story for another day. That was the easiest door to get in. Uh, even though I had the qualifications for an engineer, but I mean, I always start, you know what I'm saying? Start where you can start and, um, work my way up to a management position. Um, and they sent me a form letter. <laughs> wait, wait, they fired you with a form letter? Yes. No phone call? Nothing. Dude, okay, so just just for people who are new, just recount what this is all about, if you don't mind, just so we can understand okay. how ridiculous yeah, I mean, this I mean, is. I, You're the, free. The You're thing- f- First of all, congratulations, Mo. You are free. You are completely I'm- free, and this is where the journey begins. I'm very excited for you. And I am literally, how they like to say, a free man talking. Yes, sir. Um, Finally. So I can say what I will, will- <laughs> You know what I'm saying? What look out, had, look uh, out, all the shit he's yeah, been exactly. wanting to say, everybody. It, it, now it's exactly. coming. Exactly. Uh, because when you work for a company, and I will never mention their name, but out of just mutual respect for how, you know, I was able to feed my family by providing my services to them. It's, and it's no hard feelings. But my issue is this, being a capitalist, a company can be able to run the company how they want to. But my issue is, the collusion that's going on between the United States government and corporations to force people out of their employment mm-hmm. because of their health decisions. That's my problem. Because the way these whole timelines played out, just mysteriously, I get the letter on the day when they drop the OSHA. Mm-hmm. The OSHA mandates. Yes. Uh, the corporation pushed the time to get vaccinated a day before the OSHA mandate came out. So it's clear collusion. Allegedly. Let me say that. Allegedly. Right. So, 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 okay. Just so we understand, they had a mandate. You said, no, I'm not going to comply with the mandate. Then they put you on inactive. uh, Oh, yeah. And just, just for everybody. I mean, because yeah, because there's two two months. I'm working from home. Let's just put this. um, First of all, I'm working from home. So I'm a threat to no one. But I mean, company policy said, you know, you have to be vaccinated by this date or, you know, you will be terminated. 
that's fine. That's they, that's their choice. Uh, I decided not to, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, accept the vaccine in my life. your life, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I knew what was coming. But the thing was, they did it where they left you lingering in um, limbo to say you're on leave without pay. So you can't even file for unemployment. Right. And it forced out. And they did it right before the holidays. Of course, you got to be as shitty as possible. So, th- but that was that was clearly just to keep you in limbo to get you to think and decide. Oh, I should probably do this. Well, to quit, if they want you to quit or leave to go to another right. job or right. or do or make the decision to take it. Right. That was that was the force there. So, but like I said, my moral issue is it's crazy the the collusion of it because the time the timing is you can't that can't be coincidental. And all the OSHA did was say, hey. Uh, we'll we'll tip the scale. We'll be the catalyst for all the corporations to do what they want to do, and then you can hide behind us. And it was clear collusion between the two. In my in my uh, law and order uh, degree from SVU. Right. So, so so what so what you're saying is uh, that they wanted to shed staff, and uh, they did it on the last day of OSHA of the of the OSHA mandate before OSHA said uh, we're dropping it and. That was the next day. And they day? did it a day before the OSHA mandate came down. That's, oh, I see. I see. <laughs> so clear, uh. clearly, you know what I'm saying? It's clearly there was some back channel. But like I said, um, I'm, I'm in a better position because than I was because the OSHA mandate dropped. So there are corporations and companies that will hire unvaccinated people. Um, so so um, now, so now you and I have been speaking for a long time about this and in a way also about this day privately um you clearly have a skill set and you can continue in your field i would i could only presume that uh outside of outside of mandates you would mm-hmm. be a, a a highly desirable hire for any company in the same field correct especially because excuse me my friend you are BIPOC, so you know you tick all the boxes, brother. You got you got your almost BIPOC all the boxes. <laughs> you got almost <laughs> almost all your boxes are ticked, you know. But you got the BIPOC edge, so but you could you could continue in that field, I guess. I mean, I don't know if it's if that field is now just locked down. If every, if every corporation is doing the same thing, uh, I don't even know how the industry is. Um, you know, do do you think there's a reason why they wanted to get rid of people? Is it just to, to weed out people and bring new ones in? Or what is the point of their exercise? It, on, on multiple different levels, and this is why this topic of this show is going to be uh, pertinent <laughs> to what's going on. Uh, on one level, uh, peer pressure. Uh, my company being, you know, seeing itself as a Silicon Valley type company. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the woke thing to do. Right. Uh, two, there's some government uh, financial incentives for doing it. Uh, and three, on a very conspiratorial level, but I believe true level, and uh, it's a way to get rid of your problem people. It's like, oh, you you don't buy in completely. You know, this is a clear way to see who's completely bought in. Right. And this is this is no disrespect to anybody. I want to make it clear I'm pro-choice. If you choose, you're saying, take the vaccine to your life, that's your choice. You should have the right to. Mm-hmm. The same way people don't want to do it, should have the right to. So just with that said, I think you you have the people that's more compliant and non-compliant people 
they get dealt with. So interesting, because if I was running a company, I'd want all the people who weren't compliant. Hey, these people, th- these are fighters. I like them. But I guess that's well, it's, not the it's, corporate decision. We, we, well, we got to talk about, you know, saying where that comes from. So I guess well, that's it. it. I mean, I'm uh, I'm well, no, free man talking. The, well, hold on a second. This, this is an important moment. Yes. So just taking into account, you could do other things, but you're going to focus on the shows i am going to focus on growing my entertainment company and other enterprises so honestly i see it like i said i see it from today i am retired from working for somebody else because i've done that for since 15 years old so that's 26 years I've I've gone without a job. I've mean, had a job since I since fifteen, except for maybe a six month period from when I graduated college, and nobody wanted to hire me because like the, even the menial jobs. And I don't say that disrespectfully, but you know the um even McDonald's and places like that wouldn't hire me because like as soon as we hire you're gonna you're gonna move on. So that's the only yeah you were overqualified. I've been without a job. You were overqualified. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and and so I took a job at a uh uh. A computer chip company. I mean, not, not this one, but another one, packing boxes. And that's how I got in the door, passed my resume around, moved up, moved over, uh, moved up. And then just from there, just constant up. So this is just me starting over again. And, uh, I, so. and I and I want to say that for people who enjoy this, this podcast, you enjoy it. Uh, you've been enjoying it for 73 episodes. If you want it to continue... Mo has options, <laughs> so <laughs> you will have so your opportunity. Will be thanking people who have been supporting uh, the work uh, in our donation segments. But yeah, it's it's now more than ever. This this is why you need to support your independent media if you, with whatever you think it's worth. The value is up to you. Wow, Mo. Okay, good. Yes, go ahead. And not, and one one last thing said. Not only options are going being employed by somebody else, but just opportunities that present themselves. From the you know saying the producers and the family, you know saying I met through this journey. So there there are a lot of options on the table and be be stay tuned. That's all I'm gonna say. Stay tuned. There are big things coming. And there's a lot of people who are rooting <laughs> for you and a lot of people who wanna help. I know that. So I'm 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 yeah. very very excited to see where you go. And I can always say I was there, man. When MoFax and yeah. uh, Entertainment Enterprises LLC INC <laughs> LMNOP, when it launched. I was there. I was there. All right, how about we uh, spin the wheel of topics, see what we're going to do for uh, this episode of Mo Facts with Adam Curry. There we go. We're rolling it around. Round and round it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. Mo knows because he put it together expertly for us. What are we going to discuss on Mo Facts with Adam Curry, episode number 74? The topic is... It is a high-tech lynching. Uh, (laughs) Ah, yeah, I've been looking forward to... I knew this was coming, this episode. I knew it was coming. This is good. as mentioned uh, on the Jesse Smollett episode, uh, Justice for Juicy, <laughs> I said I would cover this topic of lynching, the use of lynching, the psychological and trauma weapon that is that is wielded uh, uh, against people by the you know what I'm saying by the higher ups by they the capital I call them capital they you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. uh, um but. So now we got to see one. We're going to talk about not more of historically what it is. We'll get into that, but more of how it's used to bring people uh, 
into uh, to heal. Bowing down. How about to heal? Well, to, not to heal, but how it's used to manipulate people. Okay. Um, I've said this before on other shows that the narrative of slavery and all that comes with it is just as effective, if not more, than the actual um, event. And, sure. and I know that makes a lot of people shudder and cringe, but what I mean by that is how it's wielded today uh, through trauma and mind control. Right. It's, it's very it's very harmful, and I was very disrespected by the whole Jesse Smullett um, situation and how it was used. So I'm going to do my best to explain why I'm irritated, how it affects the mind specifically of the ADOS person or how it's wielded to affect our mind. Um, so I guess what we need to do, and warning, warning. Yeah. Some viewers <laughs> <Oops. laughs> find the following <laughs> disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. There it is. <laughs> yes, I was ready for you. We need, yeah. to, we need to warn everyone. Trigger warning. <laughs> and I'll, I'll say that because I left a lot of the musical beds in the clips. So just to keep in mind how it was meant to engage but the, the mu- you mean the, the music is a part of a part of the whole packaging huge pa- yeah, huge yeah. component of yeah. it and you and you can see you'll hear it and you can point it out um as um as necessary but i did leave that in there just for people want to know it wasn't just happenstance it was just it's uh purposeful so i guess we'll go ahead and get into this clip uh let's see number two and this is from uh, the Equal Justice Initiative, and they came up last show. They're the ones that built the the uh, uh, lynching memorial oh, yeah. that had Oprah there. Yes, yeah, that, yeah. yes. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so let's go ahead and get the museum. The, the lynching the, it wasn't the museum, right? Where the, yeah, it's, the a, whole... it's a memorial slash museum. Yes, with the hanging yes. Uh, plates to represent hanging. Bodies, right. But, oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I dig it already. After slavery was prohibited in 1865, formerly enslaved people in America were granted full citizenship, the right to vote, and under the 14th Amendment, protection from racial violence. Formerly enslaved people were promised land and opportunity, but most got nothing because America quickly devolved into an era of racial terrorism and oppression for black citizens. White people in the South were angry that people formerly considered property were now equal citizens. Many turned to violence. In the years immediately following the Civil War, thousands of black people were murdered when they tried to claim their rights. Soon afterwards, federal troops were withdrawn from the South, ending a brief period of racial progress known as Reconstruction. Nationwide resistance to racial equality resulted in the reestablishment of racial subordination through biased laws, disenfranchisement, and terrorism most dramatically enforced through lynchings. Wow, where to start with that one? I have to give them credit because they do an accurate job of their depiction of of history in this clip. Uh, The issue I have with them, like I said, is the it's political driven. Mm -hmm. And 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 just like for a little foreshadowing, we're going to look at how this is used and voting rights and um, they're using combination to say, hey, if you don't vote for us, 
you're going to lose your right to vote and go back to lynching. <laughs> and basically <laughs> yeah. slavery, that's the... That's pretty much the message, yeah. Yeah, that's the narrative. And then you hear Jim Crow, Joe Biden say Jim Crow. So it's a lot baked into this episode. Um, and we're going to look at the parallels between this and the uh, vax mandates. And I know, okay. people, once again, that people's eye roll, but it's all about submission. Lynching wasn't, for the most part, it wasn't about the violence just for the sake of violence. It was about for the use of violence and the threat of violence for control. Mm-hmm. I.e. witchcraft. I mean, like if you, <laughs> if you want to take it on that level, it was a mental, like a spell mm-hmm. that you could use, kill one person and control thousands with that one dead body. Because, on of, how, because how, of how pro- it was done. Yes, correct. Correct. And just the uh, mechanics of it, you putting a noose around someone's neck and lifting them high up so all could see, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, so, but I want to get more to the control mechanism of lynching before we get into the actual historic, uh, historic aspect of it. So we have to understand who pushes this, uh, who was pushing lynching. And it's, it's the tool of white supremacy. So we, we need to go back and use, you know, saying revisit the definition we use for racism slash white supremacy uh, uh, given to us by Neely Fuller. Well, that's, we are on this system of white supremacy. That's the most powerful government that the world has ever seen. And that's the title of it, by the way. It doesn't go by any other title, even though we sometimes call it by other titles. But the accurate title for the government that we are under is, in capital letters, the system of white supremacy worldwide. It's just one world government, and that's the only government in town, the only government on the planet that really counts, that is worthy of having the title of government. Right. A classic uh, MoFax clip. Moment, actually, because moment, yes, I it's think come this back is a lot. We, yeah, because like this is, uh, one, this gives an opportunity to say if we believe in the Davos groups or you know yeah. all these groups that we say, you're saying white supremacy, right? When you say this, and and it it's more due to because we see that they can assign white to whoever they want to assign it to. Yep. Uh, so it's not about um. Uh, phenotype because they you know at first it was but now it's about maintaining the system and I think the binary now is between compliance who will completely comply and who won't Uh, and we're seeing that play out now and it's like I always say it started with us (laughs) Mm -hmm. it starts with us but we see this system like growing like a tumor I'd like people to to just let that soak in for a second. This is one of the things I love so much about uh, doing this show with you, Mo, is exactly what you just said. It starts with us. You've been telling me that since the day we first started talking. And and what Mo means is it it literally starts with them and then goes to everybody else. And we're at that moment, clearly. Clearly. (laughs) And and I'll give you... It was starts with us like a mentality. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, "Oh, the masks are coming off," and 
yay, you know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. I'm like, nah, bro. It's just starting. <laughs> you don't understand how this system works. It, you know what I'm saying? It ratchets down two and releases one. And it ratchets down two, releases one. So you're thinking like, ooh, it's, that's a relief. But it's like, <laughs> no. And that's the thing, same thing with the last clip with slavery. It's like, oh, slavery's like, whoo. And it's like, nope. We got some terrorism for you. AK, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, also known as the KKK, mm. which was government sanctioned and, and, and inspired. Yeah. Um, but that's another story for another day. So I, I'm saying this to say, if you're listening to the show, like, oh, lynching and that kind no, this is, this is, it's about submission. And I said, like I said, this goes a lot into my mindset for saying no to the mandate. Sure. No. This is my body. You know what I'm saying? And, and we're going to get more to that. You know what I'm saying? But I guess now with, this is some new clips I have from uh, Nilly Fuller. Oh, really? And, oh, that's yes. cool. Yeah. Nice. Good. Uh, so we can go more into the mindset uh, behind the one world government called white supremacy. All black people, the spokespersons, they're not leaders. They're spokespersons. They can ask and then they can beg. They can go to the second thing. You can make a request, and when you ask twice, now you're begging. But we're all in position of being beggars because the world is a prison. And when you are a prisoner of war, you are a beggar if you're talking to the prison master. You're begging. You can't go off somewhere and say, well, if he doesn't want to do what I want done, I can do this. I can go back to my cell, and I can do this, and I can do that. You got to remember, you are in the master of the prison cell. So white supremacists sit back and say, well, "Hey, what we are doing is working fine, because we are not confused. Our job is to dominate non-white people. Everybody who's black, brown, red, yellow, beige, purple, orange, gold, whatnot. Everybody who is not white." As a white supremacist, it is my duty to dominate and mistreat them forever. That's the white supremacist agenda. <laughs> That's what it is. And I am not confused about that, and nobody can confuse me about that, and I am some kind of efficient with it. <laughs> Tell us about Neely Fuller Jr. again, just so people know or where to look, look, look up more about him. Because he, he was a doctor, he wrote books. Yes, he wrote uh, the book uh, that I would say that explains the mechanism of racism and white supremacy. He's very, lo- he's very, I appreciate his work because it's very logical. I don't agree with, of course, with anything. Uh, I don't agree with everybody. Uh, I don't agree with everything a person says that I bring the clips to the show. But for the most part, how he's broken, like you said, like just for example, these clips. He looks at it from a logical standpoint, not a emotional standpoint point mm-hmm. and lays out one, what this system is and two, how it operates and three, how we respond to it. And the reason why I bring these clips to, to the table is that. Don't be confused <laughs> that they're confused. Yeah. They operate. It's called order out of confusion, order out of chaos. I mean, chaos, confusion, the same, but the same point of their movements are so, I'll give you an example. We protect Ukraine's border, but our border's wide open. Yeah, hello. 
<laughs> yes. Like, like, right, my, like, how great does example. that work? You great know? example. <laughs> great example. <laughs> and it leaves you in a spot of just hopelessness and helplessness. And this is what they wanted to do and successfully have done with black people uh, to disenfranchise us uh, from our newly found rights. And now, like I said, it starts hmm. with us. Disenfranchising. That's a very good point. That's a, that's always an, uh, an important factor in any psychological operation. And and I'm going to cover this, like I said, in a later show. But racism is the original mass psychosis. Definitely. The way a tool like this is used, this mm-hmm. way the masks are used, yeah. the way that you know the vaccine is used. It's for a bigger purpose. Mm-hmm. It's for, you know, the mental, uh, the mental, just like I said, the pr- oppression. Capture. Yes. Mm. So, I, like I said, I, I'm covering this. You're going to see a lot of parallels. And then what happens when people try to get free and, you know, see, try right. to stand up. And there's more than one kind of lynching. Uh, as the ISO kind of alluded to, there's the you know physical lynching there's the you know nom, um, nominal um i think it's nominal the name you're saying they, they basically drag your name through the yeah blood. yeah um and then they have you know uh basically a high-tech lynching yeah uh so <laughs> and that's where you're saying once again and then there's juicy smollett in a whole different category right <laughs> which like i said that that's in itself um like I said, I don't want to be labeled a point, but let's just go ahead and get into, I guess, the next and final clip from uh, Nilly Fuller Jr. Because I have accomplished that. I'm not trying to accomplish that. I have long, my forefathers before me accomplished that. We have this down to a scientific perfection. And we got these people so spaced out. They don't have any idea, not only about who they are and what they are here for, they got no idea about nothing <laughs> that I don't tell them. That's the white supremacist's agenda. Yes. Because it's an agenda that works. You have to understand that the entire world is dominated by the white supremacists. And if you have color in your skin, you are a person who has been assigned to be mistreated because of your color, because of the way you were born, because of the way that the creator of you If you are a person of color, a non-white person, the creator put color in your skin. And the white supremacists are saying, well, regardless of who did it, it means you are eligible to be mistreated by me because I'm a white person and you are not white. So I have the power and the authority and the privilege and all of everything that's supposed to be of benefit is supposed to be around me. And you are only supposed to get what I say you can have because you have color in your skin. Which, now you see the colored people (laughs) thing. Um, What I believe that this system has, like I said, white supremacy, uh, one world government has come up with is that it's about ideology now. Do you believe in the system and do you believe in the religion, their religion of science? Yes. That's what it boils down to. Science. It's like <laughs> whatever science tells you, 
You had to believe it. Follow the science. That by just, just that term alone. I mean, words matter. Follow Jesus. Follow the science. Right. And if you don't follow the science, then you're a heretic. Right. Everything he said in the clip, yeah. <laughs> we have the right to take away your livelihood, your freedom to move around, your, you know, your freedom to buy things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to get to the point I, 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 drastically, uh, I drastically, you understand, hopefully don't say, but tragically uh, say that it's going to get to the point where you're not going to be able to leave. Yeah, yeah. So, so, or, or unless you have the money to buy a private jet, and see, that's how white supremacy works too. It's like, well, it's, you know, what I'm saying, like to say, rules for thee, but not for me. Yeah. Kind of thing. That's that is the motto of white supremacy. Yeah, and 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 I'm I'm sad to report that in the United States, when it comes to the law, uh, all forms of it, but certainly like tax law, etc. There's just two tiers, at least two tiers. Kind of, there's really kind of three, <laughs> three tiers. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have money, then you can get around any problem. And that's sad, but that is, that is, that's the, the, the systemic white supremacy in America. It truly exists, but it's not, of course, about color of skin. It's not it's about class. color of skin because you see how they're operating is that it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's about science. It's your belief. Now it's kind of like, uh, when, the the uh catholic church or whatever would like uh like kill heretics or savages or whatever mm-hmm. they would call them like mm-hmm. like either accept <laughs> accept you're saying the belief or perish and that's, it, that's exactly where we're at now and that, yes. that's not hyperbole and, no it's not and, and what's really fascinating you know I, I stand back and look at everything and you know we think oh you know the, the they were killing people back in the day of the heretics right in the church like, oh, well, people just weren't sophisticated back then. No, that's who, that's what people are. People get into this mode. That's your mass formation psychosis, if you want to add that part to it. Right. That That's, people are controllable throughout the ages, and we're just arrogant about it. Like, oh, no, they can't do that to me. I got an iPhone. You know, they and, they, and they can't you... sigh out me. <laughs> I got Google. Yeah, I can, I'm smart. And it's not true. But they've been using mass communication. Of movies. course, of course. Uh, birth, the birth of a nation was, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying basically the recruiting film for the KKK, uh-huh. and they painted black people to be savages, yeah. uh, uh, just uh, less than human. And even we're going to get into even the science promoted that uh, idea that black people were less than science. So it's like I mean, less than human. So it was well, the black people were a fantastic tool, <clears throat> right? Not, I mean, not just for for <laughs> as uh, workers in fields, but for the propagation of white supremacy. Yeah, and and the way they were portrayed, mm-hmm. uh, like, and now you see fast forward. It doesn't matter if you make the decision to say. And, and I'm not speaking specifically about the the uh, about the vax, but that's part of it. But even if you say, okay, men, women, men shouldn't c- compete against women in sports. Right. Science says that they're the same. It's yeah, like, my know. eyes are telling me that they're not the same. You don't believe in science, you're fired. You're canceled. You're kicked off the internet. You know, you know yeah. saying you're deplatformed, disenfranchised. I mean, this is this is literal disenfranchisement and the greatest like I said, we're in this all plays into lynching because 
this is the psychology of the the purpose of lynching was it makes you think about how you will act before you act. When you process your information through that mindset, that's white supremacy. Yeah, that's thinking with the white mind. When you walk halfway across the parking lot with a, without a mask, and then you think, "Oh God, they're going to judge me when I walk into the store." Let me go back and get my mask. That's white supremacy. Yep, it's just it hard. is what it is. Yep. I mean, because if you felt like you, because I'm not saying and listen closely what I'm saying, not you, Adam, but I mean like. <laughs> For, for, I'm listening closely make, anyway, Mo. I'm always well, up your butt. All right, talk. Well, 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 <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, what I mean by that is, if you felt like wearing the mask was the right thing to do, you would have put the mask on, <laughs> and you would say, "I'm doing this to protect myself." Which, if that's what you believe, more power to you. But if you say, "I need to go back and get a mask because of the way I'm going to be judged by people in the store." And your actions change because of the perception of how you're going to be seen. That's white supremacy. And the reason why I'm harping on this point is I remember when COVID first kicked off and I think you said you went somewhere without a mask. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, (laughs) Yeah. And I went into whole foods and and Mm -hmm. it it wasn't when it kicked off, but it was, it was somewhere like uh, maybe early, eight, I mean, early, early 2020. We've been in for two years. So, so I know yeah. early tw- and, I, and I, and I went to whole foods. I'm like, I'm just not going to wear a mask. I'm just so tired of it. You know, it's like, and, and here's the kicker. Of course I did put it in my back pocket in case, right. Which this, mm-hmm. this tells you everything about it. And what was crazy is I went in, no one gave me shit, but I felt so weird. And it was that Damn. feeling. It was that. F- and then you see one other guy, you know, hey, fellow traveler. You gave him the head, the head nod. <laughs> you gave him a little nod. Hey, brother, I got now you. Now you see, now you see, now you understand it. It's and like, I don't remember what too- episode we talked about it on, but <laughs> so, but it's important that people understand, especially um, white people, mm-hmm. non ADOS. Uh, when you talk when when you talk about white supremacy, the confusion is always in the color of the skin. You have to understand that the true white supremacists from back in the day, the royal families, they had olive skin, they had all kinds of color skin, mm-hmm. and it was just whatever they determined had to be white. The same way Asians are now lumped in with whites, you know, yeah, it, Air, when it's when uh, it's Air, convenient. Eastern people, when it's sorry. I said Middle Eastern people, Hispanic people. Yeah, I mean, like, exactly. <laughs> whenever it's convenient or whatever the situation is, so. We have to, and I don't remember what episode we did that on. We talked about the um, the Maybe makeup. The Rona, I think it was the oh, the the women with the with their uh, with their makeup. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I can't. I, I don't remember either, sadly. But uh, I, I remember. I remember. I remember the episode, but not the name. Yeah, but, I don't remember. Anyway, well, black don't crack, maybe. I won't want to send people on a wild goose chase. (laughs) We need a librarian, ladies and gentlemen. But this is why it's podcast 2.0. I'm sure the link will be there. uh, Oh, yeah. uh, uh, Dreb Scott is going to figure it out. He's going to put the link right into the chapters. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. But so, but that's as we move forward, when, when you say white supremacy has been so connected to skin color by the mainstream, but as you can hear, going back to this guy, this guy's from the 30s. Uh, Neely uh, Jr., uh, Neely Fuller Jr., um, he was he he had historically figured it out. 
And so we just have to not be distracted by the color white, but about the movement and the elites and the people who belong in that upper echelon determined by, well, factors that we go through, of course. Right. So I guess now we like people like, well, we need to go back a little bit. And these these are two uh, two clips from the previous uh, show. One covering Jesse Smollett and why his case made no sense is the first one. A juror who convicted actor Jesse Smollett for making up his story about being attacked on the streets of Chicago is speaking out today. He was actually the lone black juror on the case, and he's confident he made the right decision because to him, Smollett's testimony made no sense. The lone black juror on the Jussie Smollett trial is speaking out for the first time. In this exclusive interview with WLS-TV, Andre Hope says Smollett's claim that he was attacked in a hate crime by the Osendaro brothers simply made no sense. Two o'clock in the morning, cold outside. When you just use your common sense as what's there, yeah, it just it didn't add up. Hope said one critical piece of evidence that convinced him Smollett made up the story was the noose, which police video showed Smollett leaving on his neck for cops to see. As an African-American person, I'm not putting that noose back on at all. Yeah, exactly. Dead so giveaway. Just, tell. A big tell, Jesse. Hello. But and, and I share the, you know, sentiment with Andre Hope. First of all, you're not getting that noose around my neck. Yeah. Because of the sim more the vulnerability of just like I said, the mechanics of it. Two, the symbolism. Three, the fact that he said he didn't recognize that. That would have been the first thing that I would have recognized those people having in their hands. So not to belabor the point, but the use of this story. For the political gain that we covered in that same episode um, uh, about passing the anti-lynching bill. So you can, um, anything you would like to say before we uh, get into that clip? No, no, no. Other than um, I think it's very powerful to understand that now J- Jesse is not ADOS. Mm-hmm. Um, but even, you know, some something in him should reject that whole notion. And the fact that he can get beyond that tells a lot about him. Right. <laughs> I mean, really, right. putting a noose around your neck. I mean, that's crazy. And he, and he put it back on. The thing was, yeah, for the for the photo off. op <laughs> for the right. cops, and, yeah. and just the, the in the imagery of that being seen that way, you would have never saw me with that noose around my neck because of the. It means you're comp- caught, captured. Yeah, you know, uh, less than a man. All these things, and we're, we're going to get more to that in the episode, but. Yeah, it, just the symbolism of it. That noose would have never went back on, but now we see that it was utilized, if not planned, if not planned and, and orchestrated. Yeah, yeah at, at mo at the best. I mean, at worst, it was uh, utilized. We'll say that to push the anti lynching bill uh, by Kamala Harris and Cory Booker. James Baldwin once said that, "quote Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed." until it is faced. And that is why we are here again today to face the history of lynching in this country. From 1882 to 1986, the United States Congress failed to pass anti-lynching legislation when it had the opportunity more than 200 times. We have an opportunity once again to right this wrong and face the ugly history of lynching in America. And let's recall this stain on America's history, lynching. 
It was an act of terror. It was murder. These were summary executions. Victims of lynching were dragged out of their homes. They had ropes wrapped around their necks. They were hanged on trees. In many cases, they were castrated and burned as crowds of people watched and applauded. And the premise underlying all of these acts was that black people were not full human beings. According to the Equal Justice Initiative, lynching was used as an instrument of terror and intimidation 4,084 times during the late 19th and 20th centuries. You know, did we ever actually look at the text of, uh, of this bill, which the full name is the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act? I did not look at the full text. Uh, I look. I mean, I saw several, many many videos on the topic, uh, doing the uh, research for this show and other shows. But I haven't read the whole uh, bill itself. But it's the name itself is <laughs> is purposeful to. And, and, go, go ahead, and I'm a, I'm gonna follow. For, well, what I was say. going to say is it's very easy to do because it's literally one paragraph. I mean, um, if, if you take yeah. away, I'm looking at it right now. I'm going to put it in the show notes. I had not looked at this myself, Mo. I'm kind of kicking myself. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, besides the title, Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act, it has, a, you know, it has findings. And, of course, there's 15 points there about how horrible lynching is and lynching and lynching. And here's what this act does. It specifies lynching as a hate crime by inserting after paragraph three in United States Code, blah, 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 the following. Whoever, whether or not acting under color of law, willfully acting as part of any collection of people assembled for the purpose and with the intention of committing an act of violence upon any person, causes death to any person, shall be imprisoned for any term of years or for life fined under this title or both. That's very so that interesting. Sounds like they, that sounds like the historical definition, and you can, we're going to hear it later in the show, just paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. I think it's three or more people, a.k.a. a mob. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Attack a person and kill them. Yeah. That's a lynching. Uh, so he like, doesn't have to be a rope in a tree and no, and all no, no, that. no, 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 no. And, and that's the thing, like lynching. And I didn't cover this in any clips, but that's why police shootings and killings have uh, replaced the imagery of the actual hanging man. Right. Ah, that's right. The hanging yes. man. Oh my goodness! I grew up seeing that around. Right. So that's that's the. Mm. Uh, uh, neon, like I said, George Floyd was a perfect imagery. Yeah, good meme for 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 modern day lynching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 not just specifically. I mean, MLK that was another lynching. Let me ask you a question. So uh, yeah, tell me about the 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 hangman. Would that just be hung up around? Is that just psychological terror? Get that image out there so the people are reminded. Hey, you know, hey, just so you know, is that the idea? Yeah, and that's what Bubba Wallace played into the NASCAR guy. That oh, they they put the noose in my put the noose in yes. my uh, uh, 
yeah. garage. Right. And I think he ended up driving like his car ended up becoming the Black Lives Matter car. Yeah. And it was come to find out it was a door pool. Yeah. But that's the thing that <laughs> yeah. they have to tie modern day lynching, aka police violence, to past history. They use that with police uh or the original slave catchers. They do all this and they do all this not f- to bring attention to the issues which I would have no problem with because it just furthers the case for atonement, AKA reparations, because it just lends to, you know what I'm saying? What was experienced during slavery and you're know saying, and what came along, not just forced labor, but the, the mind control that came along with it. My issue is they use it as it's ironic in a sad way. They say you should be scared, not because we're the white supremacists that they're going to lynch you, but, we're the ones that stand between them and you. Yeah. And we're the ones protect, protecting vote, you. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. We're your protectors. You, but you want to be with us because, you know, otherwise boogeyman going to get you. Right. It's kind of like those old Westerns where a guy would come to town, become the sheriff and then become corrupted. Yeah. And he would be worse. He would be worse than the guy that they were originally <laughs> they were worried about. With. Yeah. Right. Because he has the legal power to act. You know what I'm saying? With his, in his, in his, with his discretion. Uh-huh. He's backed up by the shield. See, a lot, like I said, a lot of this stuff plays into it, but... Yeah, Shit, that's, which, that's which, is, which is very interesting because... Oh, wow. I said, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> because in that case, it really truly was, like in the, in the Westerns, uh, mm-hmm. it, it was the sheriff who became the bad guy and corrupted. And here... It's all the administration and the and the the middle layer of government government management, and they are hiding behind the sheriff, saying it's the sheriff who's the bad guy, right? And that's your defund the police, which is another historical thing for America. The corrupt cop. This is this is deep. Where's my gummies? Hold on. <laughs> all right, let's go. And, and the thing is, is the, once again, I don't bring this stuff up for the uh, the historics of it, but it's more of history repeats itself. You know, yeah. the the new black is unvaxxed. Yeah, and I ain't that ain't me telling you that. That's go to New York, go to D.C., oh yeah, go to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to get your food at the back door. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can't come in here. You know what I'm saying? Let me see. And but the thing is, if they had some kind of way of marking you. It would be exactly like being black because now you can still live in your closet of being unvaxxed, but people not knowing. But imagine if you had to wear something <clears throat> that says unvaxxed on it. Like a yellow uh, star. Or a mask. Yeah. What yeah. if they come yeah. out and say, well, if you're uh the vaxxed people don't have to wear a mask, but the unvaxxed do. Yeah. That way we can see who's who. And that's one of the things that they wanted to do at places of employment uh that I couldn't get behind. Well, what it will be, of course, will be standard on your phone. And if you don't have the, you know, the right to, if you're not vaccinated or what, whatever it is, because it's not just about mm-hmm. health, it'll be other things. Then, um, you know, your your phone sends out a beacon, a Bluetooth beacon. And, right. uh, and you, as people walk by, like, oh, boop, boop, boop. Oh, there's one of them. Just walk around them. Exactly what it'll be. And, and that's, like I said, race was the original standpoint of that. Like, oh, there goes one. You know, uh, what are you doing over here? You know, what are you doing? In, in like, and yep. so I guess uh, some people may be saying, well, American history, you know, saying even history predating America has always used lynching and hanging 
as a form of punishment and they're true that's true uh so let's go ahead and get into this next set of clips from uh infographics the infographic show a rebellious gang of teenagers feel like causing some trouble. They go out at night, blackening their faces so no one will spot them. For no reason at all, these unruly kids just start cutting down trees. And after that, they find a rabbit warren and take a rabbit or two just because, well, because they feel like it. They take things a step further when they get into the town. And there, they pickpocket a man and take a watch, which in today's money is worth about 40 bucks. The last thing they do on this crime spree is mindlessly wreck a fish pond. The teens then hang up their gloves and call it a night, only to be arrested the next morning as they chow down on their porridge. Can you guess how many capital crimes they committed that night? Answer, a lot. In the late 17th century, there were around 50 crimes in England that were punishable by death. But by the end of the 18th century, that number was more like 220. One of the crimes those kids committed that could have seen them hanged was blackening their faces at night with the intent to commit a crime. Shoe polish was for shoes, not faces. They could have also been hanged for cutting down trees, stealing a rabbit, stealing something worth about five shillings or 40 bucks today. And they could have also faced the gallows for doing that destruction job on the fish pond. Some of those offenses, you will no doubt agree, are not exactly major crimes, but the English invented these strict measures because they thought it would prevent crimes from happening in the first place. Some people at the time said there was no other country on the planet where so many crimes were punishable by death. Being a teen back then was risky to say the least, at least if you were the kind who broke a few rules now and again. As you'll find out, things improved, but in the era of what's being called the time of the bloody code, things were pretty crazy. In the 60 years between 1770 and 1830, around 7,000 people were executed in England and Wales. Yeah, sounds reasonable. And and this is where, like I said, this is who eventually uh, the mindset that came to America and shaped it. You know, this is how you maintain order. The yeah, you, only you kill issue. people. <laughs> but the only difference is that this was if you're a criminal or not. Of course, and of course, you heard that stealing a rabbit was enough to get you hung. Then, right? But in America, it was being black was a crime and what i mean by being let me rephrase that being black and having a free mind was a crime as long as you kowtow that's fine you're saying you were able to live but if you said you know what i don't i'm not you know i don't i'm not gonna go go along with this i'm not gonna listen to that i'm not gonna look down i'm not i'm saying emmett till was you know saying uh killed allegedly for just whistling at a white woman. You're saying if you didn't adhere to the social norms, not even laws, just norms Mm -hmm. that made you saying could be punishable by death and not by the government. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe goggles, but so the way I'm now already piecing this together is that the whole race issue has really been used to remind us that we all need to comply because they have mm-hmm. the power to kill, to lynch, to do everything historically. And it is a reminder to everybody else. Yes. It's wow. like to the, to the least of these, you know, yeah. uh, to, you know, the kind of, whatever happens to them could happen to you. Well, no, but it's uh, it's being regurgitated to remind us, to remind everybody else. Hey, right. you know, if if you don't comply, as you say, the Emmett Till that was a, that was a social norm. It was a social and, norm, and 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 it was a it was a message to everybody. 
not just to a black man. It was, a, hey, here's right. the power we have. The only thing different, color of the skin. Just so you know, that's not a big difference. Cor- correct. But it was, like, it was visible. And now the yes. thing is, the, the, the way this comes to a head and all connects together is with the invention of modern technology, yeah. social media, all of these tracking mechanisms, you're not going to be able to have hide anymore. Right. So how my blackness is evident, whoever you are is going to be evident and you're going to be judged by the system based off of that, i.e. a social credit score. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no, there's no, there's no longer, I mean, this, we're at the point now, there's no longer any privacy, anonymity, you know, everything you say is going to be, you know what I'm saying? You're going to be judged on it. Yeah. And like I said, and it's going to be similar to when I walk into a room, like you were saying before, when I walk into a room, judgments are made off my appearance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't give a rat's ass about. But the same way, when you, whoever walks into a room is like, oh, their scores, you know what I'm saying? To say scale of 1 to 100, oh, mm-hmm. they're 70, mm-hmm. they're 60. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you're unvaxxed. Yeah. Oh, oh, you, you, you've made homophobic comments. Yeah. Uh, like, and this is why we see David Chappelle. That's why David Chappelle was so big to stand up and not apologize yeah. because he, he represented a hangable offense. Right. <laughs> he did. He did. Hey, you're right. And, and you see, that's what the boulet phone is about. You're, you're teetering on a hangable offense. Answer the phone and, 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 and pivot. <laughs> that, that, uh, we got exactly. a little problem with what you're doing over there, son. Right. And that's the kind of thing when that's how that's how quickly things can shift. And it's like when people look at like how how could they be like that? Look at now. Look at what we're saying. I mean, we got people openly calling for concentration camps. Uh-huh. We have people calling for if you don't do what needs to be done, you can't get medical assistance. Hell, soon it's gonna be vax hospitals and non-vax hospitals. Yeah, well, no, we're still waiting for the drinking fountains. You've you've called that one a long time ago. Uh, oh, I mean, you no, know, <laughs> the way they got around it, you know, saying I, I, so. I've heard in companies, you know, not saying a specific company was they turned all the water fountains off. Yeah, just no water. <laughs> yeah, just as good. No water for you kids. Well, it, that's the you know saying that so they didn't have to do that. You know, they, they understand the imagery. Mm-hmm. They and it's and it's it's, it's a weird thing to watch to say, wow, like. How are they going to thread this needle to say this is not segregation when it's segregation? Yeah. And that's once again, I'll say they start with us, but let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so just be, that's why we have to be mindful of history because we will we, we'll quickly see it repeat itself. But let's go ahead and get to the second part of uh, the world's, uh, world's punishment in history. When we say kids could get in serious trouble in England, we're not only talking about people in their late teens. A lot of actual children went to the gallows, too. There's a recording at a church in England that tells us a girl by the name of Alice Glaston was hanged in 1546, and she was only 11 at the time. The information about that event doesn't tell us what crime she'd committed, but we're hoping she did more than steal someone's prized vegetable. Kids had no protections from hanging, and at one point in time, you could read in the law that strong evidence of malice in a 
child of 7 to 14 years of age could result in them going to the gallows. During the hanging frenzy of the late 18th and early 19th centuries, quite a few kids were hanged for crimes such as breaking into a house, stealing from a shop owner, or even forgery. And while other teens were executed for worse crimes such as murder, let's now have a look at when hanging started, when it went disastrously wrong, and how it ended. Well, mostly ended. You might be surprised to hear that this kind of punishment is still around in some places. Hanging as an execution wasn't exactly a science when it first came about. There's evidence of hanging in Roman law, and you can see that it happened in ancient Greece as well. You can also read that it was often the go-to form of capital punishment as early as the 5th century in England. There's a history of hanging as a form of capital punishment all over the world, so it's better if we concentrate on one place. England seems to be the place to start because those guys perfected the procedure. I like this guy's read. Uh, he makes it sound so exciting. Yeah, and that's, what I, that, that's the struggle I had to go through. Like some of this stuff could be dry. Uh, so I hear you. Stuff that no, I like that. Through. He's like, hey, man, this looks like 11-year-olds. I mean, this crazy stuff. Let's go. Let's find out more about hangings in England. Yeah, I'm but, digging that. Now you see they're the OGs. Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, the lizards, man. The, the, and, <laughs> and we have to humanize the lizards. Well, that's because, technically not possible, but okay. No, reason why is in their mind is for the greater good. In their mind is for the greater good. We take the population down to 10%. You know, because it's, but it's always just, been that. It's been that all of these elite groups, the population bomb, that's where climate change is. It's always been about the Georgia Guidestones. Look at all this stuff. They, You're absolutely right. And they, you're right. They feel it's the, for the greater good. And they, the, the majority, uh, look at uh, Prince Charles, uh, is, you know, feels that most human beings are useless eaters. That, that is what he has literally said. So, and I think they believe that. And, and the reason why I had to humanize these people because they, they they can't help themselves. No, they're they're wicked. I mean, let's just be there. There, and the reason why I call them lizards is because they operate out of the fight or flight mentality. Is that either I had to kill it, or I'm gonna run from it. That's the no. only that's the only two modes of thought they have, and it's they've tried to run from it. Uh coming to america uh and it followed them whatever they think that is and they've tried to build a utopia here and they looking around they're saying look at all these fat lazy unhealthy mentally unstable people we need to do a great reset and you know <laughs> it'll be good yeah you know and, i shit i feel like uh, i might uh, i might agree with them to some degree there <laughs> and, and that's what when that's the thing is like but the thing that would you stop that would stop you to say, you know, like if somebody gave you that button to mash, yeah, you'll be like, nah, I can't do that. I mean, these are human beings. Of course you know not. I, about? I, no, we could maybe try and get everyone educated how to be healthy. You know, there's a lot of things we could do. Right. But that's not where they're at with it. They're no. at with it. And this is how they were with I'm saying it back in the history. It was like we got we came here. We created America. It's nice and white. We can't let these black folks get too populous. Uh, we can't let, you know, we got to keep them, especially not coming over to our side of town. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, yeah. that, that's their mentality of it. So it's like, okay, what do we do? You know what I'm saying? We got to instill some kind of mind control. 
We're not, you know, saying IE propaganda, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Not, not, not unique to America, by the way. This happens this is happening everywhere. Every country has this. No, what I'm saying about unique to America is America was like Abraham Lincoln's words mm-hmm. was supposed to be a white man's country. It was like, you know, saying that's, and I have no problem with that. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody should have their own, you're saying if you want to have your own land, that's fine. But my issue is because he tried to send us out of the country. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was right. that mentality. So it was like, well, we can't send them away. Uh, what do we do? And it's like, okay, we need to keep them uh, segregated, mm-hmm. i.e. what they're trying to figure out how to do with unvaxxed people now. How, what do we do? I mean, that's, that, this is how, um, this is not a history show. <laughs> this is a, we're at that point again. They're going to say, okay, what do we do? Right. And nobody was in a room that made a decision to take my job away from me to say, these are humans we're talking about here that you're going to fire at no cause of their own. They're like, well, they're not complying. Yeah. So I'm just saying like, be careful where we're headed. Cause, and that's why they're letting crime go. Cause they're going to create cr- criminals the same way. Yeah. You, you know, create everybody, chaos, chaos, right. They're going to have, it's, it's, and it's then they show mechanisms. up and say, we've got the answer. We right. have to reset everything. The money. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to reset the money first. Uh, there right. was a, there was a Nate and a United Nations the Secretary General literally had here's the plan for 2022 number one uh, fight you know d- defeat COVID number two change the global financial system I'm like what when <laughs> when was that on the list except for Klaus Schwab that's how now you see how fast things and, and it's before and it's before climate change so they're saying that then climate change. Mm-hmm. So that's a little switch there. But anyway, my, my point is that, um, yeah, if they, if they really want to have some chaos and then have stuff break really badly that people take notice, because you know, stuff is breaking all over the place. Mm-hmm. The price of gas is broken. Let's just start right there. Um, when people really start to take notice, then they're going to have a solution, which will be something financially oriented, probably. That's pressure. Yeah. All of it, like I said, don't, don't, not you, but don't be confused that they're confused. No, that's pressure. Prices going up means you cherish your job even more. Here's another booster. What's your number? You know what I'm saying? It's like, where are you going to crack at? Are you right. going to crack at the five boosters, six boosters? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the thing why I made my decision, not to make the show uh, about that too much, but to say, I know, now nah, I can't do that. Being a man, because second of all, my children will never get it. So it was like, if I ain't going to take it, I mean, if they're never going to, and then that, if I took it and then I say they don't need to take it, that makes me look like a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that devalues me within my household. Of course. So you see, which so is also it's, it's, part of the point. Which is a part of the point of Get the lynching. fighting yeah, in the, in the house, but I get the in-household strife going as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To to make you crack to their will, the same thing with lynching. And so we'll just get back on saying on the story. This is a uh, weird history. Out on the frontier, hangings were more than just a method of executing the guilty. They were a form of entertainment that offered spectators an escape from their everyday lives. Like many modern forms of entertainment, hangings weren't just empty spectacle. They also conveyed important messages to onlookers. Uh Hangings were a stark reminder that while the West may have been wild, law and order still existed there. 
Today, we're going to take a look at what it was actually like to be at a frontier hanging. New movies typically open on weekends because that's when most people have time to go to the movies. Frontier hangings were often held on weekends for the exact same reason. It was considered a form of entertainment, and it wouldn't be unusual to see an entire family come to watch. Spectators would often bring blankets and picnic baskets to stake out seats and pass time while waiting for the show. On occasion, attendees could even purchase concessions and souvenirs. How big did the crowds get? It is believed the hanging of convicted murderer Charles Waller, which took place in Marshfield, Missouri in 1867, was attended by approximately 8,000 people. When Mary Surratt, Lewis Powell, David Harold, and George Atzerodt were sentenced to hang for conspiring to assassinate Abraham Lincoln, interest was so high, authorities had to make it a ticketed event just to keep the crowds at bay. Though thousands applied for them, those tickets went mostly to Union soldiers, court officials, and other dignitaries. While the general public couldn't attend the event itself, people still gathered outside the gates of the penitentiary where it was taking place. A contemporary reporter wrote that the streets were filled with restless, impotent people willing to spend hundreds of dollars to get in. This is, <coughs> you know, you see the old paintings and you see in England, clearly old England, it was an event. And it's good to know that America saw the entertainment value. And, and I've, I've always said, and maybe since we're seeing this history repeat, Mo, maybe I can mm-hmm. finally bring back my, my clear shot winning television format. I've always felt we should put uh, capital law punishment. You know, when we put someone to death, we need to put that on television, reality show. You know, you, you have a shot of the phone. Is the governor going to call? Mm-hmm. Doom, 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 doom. You know, I think, I think when people are in this form of, uh, of hypnosis, uh, they want stuff like that. They find it entertaining. I wonder if that would work again. I'll bet it would. And, they, and throughout history, and, and I'm talking about recent history, even when the G-men uh, would kill gangsters, they would leave them laid out in the street. Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, like actually like pose their bodies for yep. newspaper clippings. And so it's this human, it goes to the mass psychosis. I hope I'm saying that right. But it's the, this person's a threat. So not only I'm glad you're killing them, I'm going to take enjoyment with you. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the, you know, this is the scary person. So it's justified to kill them. And that goes into the psychosis of how they painted every black person is scary in this country, you know, and lends to, you know what I'm saying, the fear. So I, the reason why I played that clip is to say the spectacle part of lynching is not exclusive to black people. Uh, of course. They, of they'll course. make you believe that. They'll yeah. make you believe it. But clearly throughout history, the, I don't know, the death of whoever has been condemned is a spectacle to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's still that way to this day, but w- it plays out a different way, the way canceling works. Because canceling is yes, a form of for- lynching. Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah. And once it starts to trend, you see the mob forming. Yeah. And then the mob wants to jump in and get them a piece. Yeah. You know, so they could retweet it and say, oh, he responded to me. You know what I'm saying? That kind of, it's, it's the same mentality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like flicking a guitar pick into the audience kind of. Like, right. That bam, thing, I mean, but that's well, in lynching, they would go and collect pieces of the body. Yeah, sure. Of the person, but that psychologically, because we live in an information age now, and you said this, you'll ask you, like, why won't they just, you know, saying, just go through and do what you're saying, a false flag of a real hanging? Because the 
psychological aspect of canceling lasts way longer than yeah. actual physical death. Yeah. You know, because every time that person pops his head back up, you know what I'm saying? It's another lynch mob, like, to come kill it again. You know, like a zombie. <laughs> and then, like, it, it'll die, and then it'll come back. It's like, yeah. and just repeats itself. It's like whack-a-mole. Right. Once yeah. you get your name on that, can- and, and, and I'm not... I'm not being facetious when I say this because this is going to be the modern day lynching, the canceling. When you're saying when they have you posted up, and then like you said, then that makes it to the news, and then it becomes even a bigger spectacle. And then like I said, everybody, all the pundits want to get their quick jab in. You know, it's this, it's the same mentality. Um, yeah, that's you know, I've never equated it to the. To, a, to the lynching and it's, mm-hmm. it's so obvious and it's so a- appropriate for what's been going on and how this is how lynching has been used on everyone's psyche it's Look very it's Rogers. very smart yeah but it's very smart it's 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 such a great tool you know yeah and especially and for the, america the, that's the plan of it is like we don't need anybody's anymore we need good news stories now i'll yeah. say this and we can go and get to the next clip the problem is when they took it to the information, we don't need the munitions to fight back as in like, say something kinetic or violent. You know, that's why the memes. Yeah. Are important. I keep stressing this point. People it's the mainstream versus the meme stream. <laughs> nice. They have television channels. That's how they project their information, their propaganda out. But on social media, it's kind of like guerrilla warfare that a meme will come up on your timeline and like just explode your brain. You know, that's that's the that's the mainstream media right there. And I, I consider my part of it, myself part of it, that we saying truth bombs. <laughs> it's like yeah. when you, when you when it hits you, it's like oh. I can never see anything the same again. And that's why they keep saying, oh, people to do their own research. These independent you know, the podcasters, you know, it's like it's, they're trying to demonize. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> I, this. I expected, Mo. I knew that was coming. The demonization yeah. of podcasters. We, we stopped that shit. Yeah, because you're operating outside the system because you don't have a boule phone. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I mean, they could get to you. I mean, but there's no connective tissue there. That they could say. Let me call somebody that can call Adam and talk some sense into him. You know, that kind of thing, right? Or call Mo to talk some sense into him. <laughs> Good luck there with is that. No context- no. that and that's what's dangerous. And that's why, like I said, they're, they're, they're at a dis- disadvantage. Oh, uh, I, I so. completely agree. It's just, can we get people to uh, see it uh, in time? <laughs> I guess is the question. Right. You know, it'll take a while, but they're, they're, they're moving pretty fast now. That, well, that's our that's our job yeah. uh, in this information war, and that's how I take it. I, I mean, I, it, is me what it, it is what it is. But mm-hmm. and uh, and go. and we can do it and be entertaining. You see, right? That's the point. That's <laughs> the beauty of it. They do it. And everything sucks when they when they communicate and they tell you what to do. When we give you some ideas, it's fun. Because they're lizards, yeah. but, um, <laughs> uh, or lizard adjacent. Uh, but let's go right. ahead. Uh, uh, number eight. 
Racial terror lynchings of black people defined a shameful era in America. These lynchings differed from the hanging of white people in places where there was no functioning criminal justice system. Racial terror lynchings were directed at all black people. They enforced compliance with racial hierarchy and white supremacy and ensured racial segregation and denial of equal rights. In 1916, in Cedar Bluff, Mississippi, a young black man named Jeff Brown accidentally bumped into a white woman while running to catch a train. A white mob stopped him and lynched him, beating him and then hanging him from a tree for his insolence and carelessness. His public murder was not about criminal punishment, but was instead about maintaining racial hierarchy and terrorizing the black community. White town residents proudly sold photographs of Mr. Brown's brutalized body hanging from the tree for five cents each. The Equal Justice Initiative has documented thousands of racial terror lynchings between 1877 and 1950. EJI has confirmed the lynchings of over 4,000 black people who were tortured, maimed, beaten, shot, hung, and burned alive by crowds of white people, often with the cooperation of law enforcement or government officials. And where was this from again? This is from the people who did the museum? Yeah, the Equal Justice Initiative. Yeah, the one okay. that was working with Oprah on yeah, yeah, uh, 60 yeah. Minutes special, which yeah, yeah, yeah. which we speculate that, not to put words in your mouth, but that kind of was this gre- uh, grease the skids for Kamala Harris. Oh, t- uh, totally. In yeah. her run. Yeah, all a part uh, of the, the anti-lynching bill. Uh, the, 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 the Everyone knows everybody. Right. Small this, A, Small A, and they Oprah and like Kamala. Prep, mm-hmm. Yeah, they prep the... You know, they got this into the conscience of the people to start talking about lynching again, and then the Kamala Harris no, I mean, if, anti-lynching if, bill came about. If afterwards. people didn't listen to episode 73, it's genius because you hear it, you're like, oh, of course, it's so obvious what they were doing. And how pathetic yeah. was it, really? <laughs> it shows you, like, oh, they're still lizards. They're not geniuses. All right, so let's go ahead and get into, now this is, for one, I want this is one of the ones I want to people to listen to for the psychological manipulation and mind control. <clears throat> because the economist is not known for its uh takes on history. Um, <laughs> but this is part of that political rollout and the political uh, political well, manipulation. Also, is is this a recent thing from the from the economist? This was around the same time as the initiative, okay. uh, Equal Justice Initiative. Okay. All this was rolling out at the same time. Well, it's important to know that The Economist got a new uh, editor-in-chief, a uh-huh. very left political operative. Uh, okay. Forget the, who, what the woman's name is. So it, it, whatever was going on at The Economist, I'm sure it played into right. that because she's, she's part of the Democratic Party machine. And before you play this clip, I was like to just you know what I'm saying, uh, remind people to listen to this with in, in th- keeping in mind what is going on now with the voting rights bill. Because these two things play hand in hand, the lynching bill and the voting rights bill. They saturated his body with gasoline and they chained him to the top of the schoolhouse. They then set fire to the base. Oh, he was still alive. Above the crackling of the flames, you could hear this young man screaming, I didn't do it, I'm innocent.
Many people know about the terror of lynchings, but one of the reasons why blacks were lynched was to suppress the black vote, which is still happening today. I'm black, I'm from the South, and so this means a lot to me because my ancestors were lynched. My research examines the extent to which historical lynchings are correlated with voter registration rates of blacks today. And what I find is that blacks who currently reside in counties that were exposed to a higher number of lynchings are less likely to register to vote and they are less likely to indicate that they voted in a recent election compared to their white counterparts. Voting is a social norm. Why are you voting? Because the people around you are voting. But what happens if their parents didn't vote, and their parents didn't vote, and their parents didn't vote? All of this is rooted in historical racial animus. What happens if you can walk outside and see a body hanging from a tree? If you don't vote for me, you ain't black. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> now you see. Yep. If, if you don't vote at all, then you have the slave mind. And if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. Yep. This is what they're saying here. You, the reason why people don't vote, and I can understand some of the logic behind that, but that, but that no, they're over-exaggerating the point that people in these counties are scared to vote because they're scared they're going to be lynched at the polls. Right. But that's the same fear mechanism they use to say, uh, if you don't vote for us, then it's going to go back there. Yeah, you'll be back in chains. <clears throat> well, he's actually said that. Yeah, I know. That's why I bring it up. Of course. <laughs> he actually literally said that. Yeah. But that's basically all going down to Georgia, doing what he did there. Mm-hmm. The Kamala Harris thing, the mm-hmm. voting rights bill thing mm-hmm. is to play off of lynching at the end of the day, lynching. Yeah. It's hand in hand. It's like, it's kind of not just for people that you're saying of non ADOS and non black descent. It's kind of like if you don't pay your taxes, what? Fill in the blank. Yeah, you go to jail. You go to jail, of course. Yeah. That's hand in hand. I mean, like, <laughs> even the, you're saying even, everybody knows everyone that. Know, everyone knows this. A 10 year old knows it. Right. So that's the same mentality they want with, you know, saying if you're saying if you don't vote. If you don't vote democratically, you're going, you're saying you're going, you're going back in the chains. Right. But at the same time. Right. Okay. So what they've done is they just refined the message. It used to be, we don't want you voting at all. No good. And then they got wise. And of course they needed the numbers and they, and they changed it to, yeah, you can vote, but you better vote for us. But we got to remember these locales she's talking about used to be democratic strongholds. Mm Mm-hmm. What they like to call Dixiecrats. Right, right, right. But it's like now we had to, that's why the switch in the message is the Democrats in that town was the ones that didn't want you at the polls. Right. In the South. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, okay, now these people may not be, I'm saying, uh, uh, engaged in voting. Now we had to scare them with that same ghost, uh, our ghost. (laughs) That's the weird, that's, it's, it's the damnedest thing. Yeah, they're using their terrifying history to scare people into, coming to them yes <laughs> yeah. i know and and That's with sick. using this the the sonics uh and the sounds and the 
manipulation that you heard. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that sound? Did you hear those oh, sounds? Mo, Mo I, I'm like, I'm almost thinking that what we should do for our show. You know, we should do, <laughs> hold on a second. Let me see. We should probably do. You know, how about that? I should crank it up a little. We can do, I can do a really a sub song. Okay. Start you talking. <laughs> you start yeah, talking. I'll just play so, along uh, with you. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's what they need to do. Uh, it's using sonics like that to manipulate. To influence you. Know, you manipulates. Of course. It goes up yeah. and down your spine. Right. And and this is the this is what I find disgusting because it, you're still tapping into that same ghost. And just to remind people, the earlier listeners, this is the same thing Mary Erin Wilson did when she tried to unlock yeah. the trauma. Yes, and, and people you, started flipping out. Right now, you see why I say racism is the original mass psychosis, and that's on both sides for white people and black people. Yeah, because both sides are under that that was it thirty and thirty split. Yeah, it's I mean, well, mass form. I, I, I'm not sure if it's actually mass formation uh, mm-hmm. in the classic sense of the word, but it is a. You're, I think mass psychosis is very appropriate, because, but this is programming that has been put. In, you know, this was not a. You didn't have four circumstances that this happened. This is programming from early days that's been handed down, has been reiterated, has been reinforced through entertainment and everything and and literature it's just it's 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 a it's a part of our dna i would say probably it's imprinted on us the reason why i say that whiteness legal whiteness is a new invention correct because they had so many mixed race people and black people they're like well we need that that's where the one drop rule comes in yeah so if this is the Jim Crow and modern day whiteness or, you know, legal whiteness is a new invention. Not, and that's why we always got to go back to say, when we're talking about this, we're not talking about phenotype. Now right. they were saying we could base it around phenotype, but that's, they need to pump their numbers up. And that's when they start <laughs> letting the you know, Irish come in and the right. Italian and right. even Catholics. I mean, Catholics were seen as, you know, uh, just as black, bad as a, um, a phenotype or, 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 or ethnicity. It was the same thing. So, right. uh, so yeah, so that's all I'm just saying is if I understand the definition of maybe like I said, mass psychosis of it's based around a fear. One is white people are based around the fear of, if you start mixing with black people, you're going to be taken off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. That's the fear on that side of it. And then the fear of you saying is for black people, it's like don't go around white people because they'll kill you because they think that you're trying to wait, wipe them off the face of the earth. Right. For that sums it up. Crazy. That that pretty much is what MoFax tries to figure out in a nutshell. Everybody, how that that's the original sin of America, right there. That's it. I mean, that's, it's like somewhere in the back of my mind, I know if I mess with Mo, he's gonna he's gonna shiv me. You know, it's like that's always there, Mo. Not 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 only that, but like I say, it's it's, it's not even shiv me. It's is you're going to mix your genetics in with my genetics. That's, that's the fear. That's the whole, and, and we'll get into Yeah, that but can I just later, say but, something about, I yes. see that much more holistically. We have actually been doing that for almost two years. Our genetics have been melded together into a stream of ones and zeros of MP3 format. Our DNA has melded and it's seeped into others. 
Right. And it's, it's, it's now you see it play out once again, going back to the vaccine analogy, the pure bloods versus the vax. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, don't go come around me. You know what I'm saying? You even hear people that come. My wife is even walking around saying, I'm so done with this shit. I'm just going to speak my truth. I'm a pure blood and proud of it. Like, whoa. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of but, course, this is what's happening. But what forced you there? The supremacy of, of the vax. Yes. So it makes you accept your whatever you're saying, whatever your status is, and and be proud of it. Yes, and it's part of black it. power. Yep. Now yep. you're seeing black yep. power. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, vax power, black power. Yeah. <laughs> well, not vax power. Oh no, no, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we don't give them any ideas. <laughs> no, yeah, sorry about yeah, that. That's a free meme to them. No, yeah, that, that didn't mean to do that. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, so let's go ahead and get to uh, number 10. Mm, nice one. <laughs> Scary. Emmett Till's lynching is very iconic in American history. He was a 14-year-old boy from Chicago who supposedly whistled at a white woman and was kidnapped, tortured, beaten, killed, and body was dumped in a river. When one of his killers was interviewed, the first reason he gave for killing Emmett Till was voting. That as long as he lived and as long as he could do anything about it, niggers weren't gonna vote in his area because if they did, they controlled the government. Lynching sends the signal, you vote, you die. You have no protection, you have no rights, we will kill you. That's Mm. the power of lynching. The rise of lynching was after slavery. Now African Americans were no longer property, and now they had to be put back in their subjugated place. Oldest Southern problem, born 300 years ago with the introduction of slavery, is that of the Negro. Today in Dixie, there are almost 9 million colored. Blacks were actually seen as a political threat. In a lot of Southern counties, blacks were the majority. And so when black men were given a right to vote, if they voted a certain way, they could actually change the political structure of the South. So, that, like I said, that goes more into the politics of it. Mm-hmm. And I understand, I know we're running a little long in the first segment. So, um, I don't want to belabor the point, but I just really collected those clips. You hear the psychological manipulation and even tying Emmett Till to voting. Uh, and we see the same thing with now with George Floyd. He's like the modern day Emmett Till. Totally. And, uh, and there was also a little bit of the, um, you know, with the lynching and, yeah, uh, I'm innocent. I didn't do it, you know can't breathe hands up right that kind it of gave stuff. them the greatest because mm-hmm. notice the, nothing on the policy side for the democrats change and like i said this is not a point of making uh one party better than the other i'm what i'm saying is the party that tends to lean on the black vote to be successful nothing changed in their policies towards black people it was just more fierce start stoking of fears and without that, you know, George Floyd, uh, who knows how the election goes? Mm-hmm. Because that was the thing that we always talk about on the channel is the activation. That was the activation of the of the black vote. Yeah. 
of the Black Lives Matter, of you know what I'm saying, of the All of it. Uh getting out <coughs> in the streets, the yep. third wave, which the third wave is, you know, going crazy right now with all these smash and grabs and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh I don't think they're gonna bring them in anytime soon. So I don't think so either. It's all uh, it's but, all going according to plan. Right. So I guess we can go ahead and jump on down, I guess, to number twelve because uh okay. I, like I said, uh, for just the sake of time and uh just to uh get into more of the reasonings behind one of the reasonings behind lynching, one we talked about political power, uh, but there's another baked in reasoning and this is more on the fear of genetics. Lynching actually begins in the Revolutionary War years. And it's named after the brother of the man who founded Lynchburg, Virginia. Ah. And uh, lynching took place, this is extra-legal justice, in quotes, takes place during that period of time because it's uh, not too many courts. It's sort of difficult to get to them. This is a period that the British are also in place in many places in the South, and so it becomes very dangerous to move around. And uh, so this is a form of uh, justice, of local uh, justice, that uh, is not condoned by a formal court. It's interesting. It's not until 1886 that the number of black lynch victims actually exceed the number of white lynch victims. So this is a, an American mm. tradition that <laughs> becomes racialized later for, for a number of reasons. No, there you go. There's a constant struggle over the meaning of who deserves the protection and rights that are talked about in the um, U.S. Constitution. And what happens, of course, is that one of the function of a stereotype, of a racial stereotype, uh, is to show that someone is undeserving uh, of first-class citizenship. And until rather recently, first-class citizenship was seen not as a right, but as a privilege. Oh, yeah. It's back, baby. Yeah, so they're looking for a way to say you're not human, to dehumanize you. And mm-hmm. that's why I struggle. I would be a hypocrite not to try to humanize everyone <coughs> because that would put me in my lizard brain if I, you know saying, try to dehumanize people. Now, that doesn't mean I have to accept or even, you know. Uh, well, at least we know what we're dealing with. This is what they've always been about. This is how it is. And with they, it's a, it's a system. You know, you get ushered into it. You, you go along with it. It's like newsrooms, it's like television stations, like radio stations, like companies. I've been in so many of them. Things just mm-hmm. go a certain way, you go with the flow, and before you know it, there you are they. Yeah, what they like to call company culture. Yeah. It's just the it's just the corporate it's culture. The, Call it corporate it, culture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just that thing like, you know, uh, you know, I, what I mean company is like how that company itself oper- operates mm-hmm. specifically. Mm-hmm. It's you know, I mean like when we think of Amazon, we have a certain uh, uh, company culture. Yes, a way, know, a way of how Starbucks we do things kinda, around here. Right, you know, <laughs> Starbucks is kind of laid back. You know that yeah. kind of thing. You know, so it's the it's the company culture, and in America, it was based off of um the rulership. You're saying that formed it. Fear, I mean, they, it, <laughs> fear, fear. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh-huh. and you and you use the word system, mm-hmm. and one of the most talked about systems around. Uh, uh, lynching is the Willie Lynch letter 
which, like I said, it, I think it was later proven to be uh, fabricated. But the reason why I want to speak to it is, is this gonna, the next clip going to be twofold is one, even though it may have been fabricated, it could it could still be factual. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of like you remake a movie yeah, sure. uh, with fictional characters, but, you know what I'm saying, it's based off of a, a, a true story. I think that's what the w- Willie Lynch letter was. And this is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan uh, speaking on it because he has been digitally lynched. Uh, so I think it was apropos to use him, uh, him to speak on this. That if you will follow these protocols, you will not have to kill your slaves. They'll be your slaves for the next 300 to 1,000 years. It's almost 2012, and Willie Lynch is still in business. (laughs) Now, here's what he did. Willie said, what I have is foolproof. What I want you to do is look at the differences among your slaves and make the differences bigger. Pit the differences against each other until it becomes self-perpetuating. We start with age. Take the young Negro and the old Negro and put them against each other. And then after age, do color. And when we first got from Africa, all of us was black. So Willie said, introduce color. Put a little white germ, life germ, into the black woman and she'll bring forth a baby that's brown. Then put a little more white in the brown till you get a lighter brown, then a yellow, then one that can almost pass, but not enough for us to accept them. Then put all of them against each other. How's it working? Hey, Mo, I thought we were friends, man. You've been holding this clip from me for 73 episodes. <laughs> Seriously? It's about timing. It's timing. <laughs> Wait, did you all discuss the timing, when to pull the trigger? Ah, oh, he's ready no, for it no, now. No, no, that's his, that's, his, that's his thing about time. Everything is about timing, so not specifically this. So. That's hilarious. No. I love that. This is good. But that's what's happening now. Of course. I mean, it's the, so the, obvious. The, the older gets the Age, young. Age, gender. The wife, yeah. Everything. And you know and what? We, don't, we, we need more strife and gender. Let's get some more genders. <clears throat> well, that's the, and who's to say you should have a gender at all? Well, ultimately, no. Genderless, faceless, sitting in no, the what metaverse. No, I mean by that is <laughs> even the people that say, you say, well, we need to have more genders. A person who is it's so div, uh, fragmented now. That is who who you just say I need to have a gender at all. You know what I'm saying? We've right. even got to yeah. that point. I know, I know, um, I know. But what and and what's the crazy thing is, is Farrakhan was deplatformed. He was one of the first. Him and Alex Jones. Yep. Were, were first they, to go. <laughs> first to go. So that lets you know. Um obviously they're afraid of what they have to say just to take them off the internet. And they were all both saying that 
similar things about the jab. And I'll just leave it there. Um, so they had to get them off the air first. But one of the things he pointed out is all the shades of brown. So what the Democratic Party and the left and one world, the, that wing of they is trying to do is squeeze them all together again and to color people. Mm-hmm. See, it's like, okay, now we need to, because catering to all these different groups is, get, is, get, is get, you know, it's tiring. You know, because like, look at look at the Democratic Party now. It's like, oh, well, uh, Adolf's people are saying you're doing this for Hispanics and then you had to cater to the Asians. You had to cater to, you know, the yep. the LGBT. You mm-hmm. had to cater, and it's like, well, we need to lump all these people together. You know, uh, we need to find one issue that they all can get on board on. And I think that one issue is science. The belief in science, whether it's global warming or uh, or, you know, saying medical issues, mm-hmm. all of that. It's, mm-hmm. You know, just jam them all together. And that's what they're trying to do is basically create a uh, one group out of all these subgroups. Which is almost impossible because the programming, uh, as you heard him say, the letter it can go from three hundred to a uh, thousand years. Uh, that and that's why they're having such a fit of trying to squeeze all these people together. Hmm. <laughs> so, <Okay. clears throat> so with that said, let's go ahead and get to the second part of this clip. And then he said, "If they got coarse hair or fine hair, divide them on the basis of hair." color age divide them on the basis of whether they live in the north the south the east the west divide them again if they live on the hill or in the valley divide them again based on status on the plantation and then divide them on the size of the plantation of one master as opposed to the slaves that are on a smaller plantation. And then divide them male against female, female against male, and it keeps going when you get to gays and lesbians. You keep on dividing, just make them all confused. <laughs> Look at you. You're a beautiful people. But Willie Lynch is still in power. Willie Lynch is still in power. And every black leader that has tried to unite us has gone away disappointed, disaffected because the thing that Willie Lynch set in motion is kept going. White people keep it going and black people keep it going. White people say, oh, you're so different. You're so different than her. Right, right. You're so intelligent, so mannerable. <laughs> yeah, that's not insulting. <laughs> and that's the boule, that's that's the but that's the boule play. Right. The talented tenth. Oh, you're so special. You're different from them. You know, just let's just bring you over here and you know give you a platform and you know show how different you are and yeah. that ostracizes you from the group. Uh, yeah. Which, when they do that, then your own group lynches you. Yeah. <laughs> this is how sick the system is. I'm telling yeah. you, this no, system is. It's, is sick. It's genius, though, because it's just humming along. Yes. Hmm. 
I mean, well, they you see, they have forms of some, some of the most brightest people come together around the world. Right. And think, how can we keep dividing people into the point of, you know, full isolation? And you see it with all the alphabet. It used to be just gay people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just like, I mean, that's what everybody was kind of like, well, okay, I mean, I'm gay. But it's like, no, we need the G and the B, the T, and it just, yeah. and it just keeps, and then everybody's knife fighting for a pe- their piece of, uh, you know, uh, of uh, intersectionality, mm-hmm. and it's like, hold on, we're all fighting for this little piece of pie. It's like now, it's like we're we're fighting for just to be left alone. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the real trick of it. They they have your standards so low that we're just happy that we can go outside. So true, Mo. <laughs> so <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm I'm just sitting here. Going, yeah. Okay. You're absolutely right. So um, let's go ahead and get back into uh, now following what what Farrakhan had to say, uh, number 15. In the late 19th century, an evolving scientific theory claimed that human beings could be categorized and ranked by such constructs as social standing and group affiliation. Drawing on Charles Darwin's theory of biology that the fittest will survive, this science, called social Darwinism, perpetuated various myths about how societies evolved. One particularly destructive myth was that black people were inferior to white people. And therefore, there was a justification to suppress their advancement in all areas, lest the society as a whole be brought down. There had been prejudices always around color ever since, you know, the first Africans came to the U.S., but they change. And in the late 19th century, with the advent of social Darwinism and the need to think about black people and black labor and black bodies in a particular way, we begin to see this idea that blacks are actually beginning to devolve down the evolutionary scale devolve into more primitive identities uh, and with primitive of course is lasciviousness and uh, lack of control lack of character uh, lack of honor etc and scientists actually sought to prove these things empirically Hmm. (laughs) there's your science for you yep wow science told us black people were subhuman which and carried disease which, why you had different bathrooms, different water fountains. Yeah, it was called nigritude, if I'm not mistaken. That you could catch from black people and it would turn your skin black. This is some of the stuff, like, the science, yeah. Wait a minute, I, 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 I gotta look this one up. Nigritude? Yes. Negritude, okay. Uh, no, ne- negritude. No. If I'm not mistaken. I forget the doctor's name, but I'm 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 actually I have a file open up on this one. And it's basically is it's a disease that you could catch mm. that would turn you black. And Yeah, I don't doubt you. I just I've had this you know the search just may be polluted with some other stuff that for some reason. I oh, trust me, I have a whole I have, I'm sure you have this, it. Because yeah. this goes into the mass psychosis thing. Yeah, sure. This is the root of the mass psychosis that So you could catch it, blackness was that was yes. based so like uh, like the Rona. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. that's the whole point. And then the other thing was if you don't catch it if you don't catch it from them, 
and you're saying your daughter's around a black boy, she could get pregnant, and then here she she comes with sub uh, human genetics. Yeah, which was why it was enforced on it was saying on that level. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm just saying all this to say this is a lot of this stuff was done out of the name the name of science. Well, and justified, justified so, you know, uh, us being believed to be subhuman and things of that nature. But let's go ahead and get into uh, uh, number six. Uh, where we stop? We're number, number 16. Six. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get into 16. And from there, they begin to also think about the notion of what is happening to women. The idea around women's sexuality begins to change in this period of time as well. This sort of this need for this passionless sort of idea of white women who need to maintain their purity and the purity uh, of the race, which is one of the fears, the bugaboos that come up around interracial relationships and this charge uh, of rape. While there was no shortage of reasons for discrimination against black people by white in this period, the emerging myth of the threat of the rape of a white woman by a black man became a tense focal point, Mm. and the often false accusation of rape, the chief justification for lynching. Mm. And this is even baked into the whole King Kong thing, and LeBron James Oh, King Kong. Oh, of course, yeah. And, and, And LeBron James got himself in some hot water because he did a video, I think, for Vogue uh, where he was basically portrayed as King Kong with a white lady under his arm. And you could you could look it up. But the back to the negritude is N-E-G-R-I-T-U-D-E. Yeah. And it's it's called The Disorder of Being Black. Right. Uh, Dr. Okay. Benjamin yeah. Rush. I so for that. people that want to look it up. But yeah, that's the scientific... I mean, now you see... <laughs> it's, uh, now you see why when I saw this Rona thing coming... I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. uh, I see where we're headed here. We're about to make a whole nother subset of of people. I yeah. mean, like of, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, uh, above uh, ground and below ground people. Right. That's that. <laughs> uh, people that are compliant and people are not compliant. Yeah. And notice they haven't been a COVID-20, a COVID-21, a COVID-22. It's just COVID-19 and mm-hmm. we're going to push this thing. And make it where, you know, you're fearful of the same thing that how black used to be feared of. Or, I mean, I'm, and I'm hearing some crazy thing where this, this is kind of like an intro to a lot, a lot of shows I got cooked up, you know what I'm saying, or, or, or building. Mm-hmm. Another thing, I'm hearing this thing called uh, uh, white people calling each other um, uh, Neanderthal or Neanderthal, how you want to say it, you pronounce it, and troglodytes. What was the, what's the second one? Troglodytes. Troglodytes? It's kind of like cavemen. So basically, huh. they're saying people that don't adhere to science are cavemen. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this is what I'm saying is the same trick they're going to use to say, okay, people that don't believe in science, they're, sub, they're subhuman. Right. And I'm hearing the language fly around. I'm like, okay, this is where we're, we're getting into dangerous times. And I say this, you know what I'm saying, just to say, but... That, you know, back then, you would have a white woman say, oh, this black man disrespected me. Oh, you know, he bumped into me. We heard the story I'm saying previously in this episode. Mm-hmm. We heard Emmett Till whistling. Uh, we hear all these things of how, you know, it would incite the white man to act, you know saying, and protect him. Mm-hmm. That's that's the OG Karens. See, this <laughs> yes. Karen, this, yeah, this Karen right. thing right. is something of this, it's old. 
This is not new. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is a very old uh psychological, you know, um uh what I say, profile. Mm-hmm. You know that that like, oh, look, he's not wearing a mask. Right. Do you not see he's not that was now fill that in like, look at this black man. He's in this shop. He doesn't need to be here. Somebody do something. Yeah. When you see those white ladies flipping out on and not not specifically white lady because I mean there's just as many black Karen's. You know, our brown Karens, and you're saying, but what I'm saying, that is a allusion back to that pro, or that a uh, profile uh, to say, oh, he's not doing what 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 um the system requires of him. Right. Somebody do something quick, like when you see somebody without a mask, they get yeah, the camera, oh, like, yeah. look, yeah. and they, and they're actually crazy. And I don't mean that. <laughs> as you're saying not. What I'm saying is that that the programming and the mind and the mental. Mind control has drove, driven them into paranoia. Yeah. So it was the same thing then with black people. It was like, oh, they're going to break our order. Oh man. So this is this is just that was all training wheels, man. This is the big show, right? Because now it's but it's the same thing. It's like they're not doing. Somebody do something quick. Yeah. He doesn't have a mask on. Yeah. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. So it, but just now we need to go back to the throwback clip. For 61, and this was, uh, mark my words, uh, this is where, um, Karen's the latest name to be used in, as an insult. They've been caught on tape ranting and raving. Get that on camera! Causing a scene. I'm being threatened by a man in the room. Complaining about what sure seems like nonsensical things. Um, illegally selling water without a permit. Social media is dubbing them Karens. That's Karen, and she's calling the cops. And the phenomenon even has a Wikipedia page. A woman perceived to be entitled or demanding beyond the scope of what is considered appropriate or necessary. I am not a racist person. You just you just made but a racist you know comment. You need to go home. So why the name Karen? As far as we can determine, oh, really? the first woman to be no. tagged as a Karen no. was. Kate Gosselin of Kate Plus 8 fame. This meme started circulating on social media in 2014. Jamie Cohen is a new media expert. It's a name that represents an age, and that age ranges from like 35 and 55 at this point, and so it's a specific age. It's- oh, really? Just an age? Interesting. Is that yeah, another just- separation? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I say all this to say all of these things that you don't understand why people are react that way. Um, when people see a Karen spaz out like this, specifically mm-hmm. a white one in the sense, it goes back to that mental imagery of a, Oh Lordy. Yeah. And, and, and that kind of thing, yeah. you know, that that's where it goes. But the thing is now it's not following the Jim Crow law. It's following, you know what I'm saying? The, you know, the Vax law. Yes. And they want something done about it. And they and they want somebody to step in. And if somebody was to go and drag the unmasked person out of the store, they would be satisfied. And that's where we're at with it. So that's that's the first segment of the show. <laughs> I, know it's kinda, <laughs> I can't it's wait kinda, to see what comes next. This is good. I like it a lot. <laughs> but but first we gotta thank the people, you know, what I'm saying to make this possible. Uh so I guess we can go ahead and thank them. Yeah, and as always, uh, we like to get into our uh, donation segment with uh, some wise words about what this show is about. First, the white man and the black man. 
have to be able to sit down at the same table. The white man has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of that Negro. And the so-called Negro has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of the white man. Then they can bring the issues that are under the rug out on top of the table and take an intelligent approach to get the problem solved. That's the only way that they'll ever do it. Yo, and uh, we put out a pretty clear call on episode 73 uh, in anticipation of the changing situation for Mo. And that was heard by uh, some people, uh, and we'd like to thank a number of them, our executive and associate executive producers, kicking it off Paula, with... <clears throat> yeah, shot caller, 20-inch blaze on the Impala. Rob Stephens is the big baller, comes in with $1,000, which is unbelievably generous. Uh, no mm-hmm. note, but uh, this is uh, clearly because he uh, he supports the work that is uh, taking place here, Mo. Uh, we I guess thank we can give some. Car- I mean, I don't know if we have a karma big enough. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we, here's what we got. We've got Mo karma. Uh, but the same can be said for uh, Stephen Dean or Stephen Dean. Uh, Five hundred dollars from him. Also, mm-hmm. executive producer for episode number seventy-four, and he says, "Love your show." Figured the least I could do is shoot you a portion of what I owe for my education. He is uh, always oh, indeed a uh, Viscount Stephen of the Fox River Valley in the Chicago suburbs. That's very kind of you, Stephen. Thank you. Craig Kohler, 174.50. In the morning, please de-deadbeat me. Always happy to do that. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. This value for value is long overdue as I've been listening since show number one. I've learned so much from both of you. Thank you for your courage. Also, I would ask for a biscuit for my 50th birthday. Uh, And as a believer in karma... Could I ask for some Mo Karma? Well, yes. They always give me a biscuit on my birthday. <laughs> You've got Mo Karma. And for those of you who are new, value for value is what it is. Um, you just uh, decide that you want to support the work and whatever value you get out of it, you put it in, you put the number in yourself, and that's all it takes. It's No one can determine the value but you. So the pricing is honest. David Roll, $100. Mo, can I expect gingerbread trap house kits for next year's holiday season? <laughs> this is an interesting little uh, promotional item we could uh, we could put together. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe just. I don't want to get in the, 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 the food just yet. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, maybe. good point. Yeah, that food complicated. See, there you go. He's, look at you, entrepreneur. That food too complicated. <laughs> also, it's awesome you get that no agenda news guy from MTV. You know, Kurt Loder. <laughs> he's a douchebag. He's, he's making fun of me. I know. I know. I got, yeah, it and wasn't missed on me. And he says, uh, can I have a, a Nextel chirp? Of course. It's the shortest jingle request ever. Uh, thank you, David. William Taylor, $100, second best podcast in the universe. Can I get a woosa? Great job, fellas, from Hi Hawker. Yes. Woosa. 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 Andrew supports us with $100. Uh, he says, my brother, thank you for all you do. Sir Bates, uh, did he send in a card? Yes. I got the Christmas cards from the P.O. Box. Uh, nice. Yes. And that I wrote what uh, he put in the card. Okay. $100 on his card. Mo, uh, Mo, love the show. You're a fantastic storyteller and educator. I look forward to 2022. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you and your family. Oh, that's very sweet. Another card. cats on the card. <laughs> Another card um, from Alexander of Middle Cascade. 
Arcadia. Uh, Tis yes. the season. Wishing you a wonderful Christmas filled with memories you'll always treasure. Uh, yeah, well, we, we we were late to the P.O. box. It was kind of a mess on the roads in uh, in Virginia. It was a complete mess in Virginia. <laughs> I, I'm led to believe. Melody Muggler, 7470, which would be a show number donation. Thank you very much. Mr. Mo Fax and Adam, it's time for this deadbeat to donate to that other podcast on my MP3 player. And having the proud title of that other podcast, Show Club 747, I would ask that any and all future donations of 7470 be known as the soul plane donation. Oh, the plane used in the movie was a 747. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The big purple one. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking Soul Plane, a 2004 movie of mixed reviews, could use an update. So maybe the two of you could create the script for Soul Rocket. What could go wrong with a big purple colored rocket on a movie poster? Uh, he says, please un- uh, de deadbeat me. Sure. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. And ends with thank you both for your insight and education on the topics you cover. Sir Anthrax. Uh, Chris Bailey, uh, 74, show donation, Love is Lit. John Taylor, 74, not that John, not that John Taylor, he says, meaning John Taylor from Duran Duran. Uh, a Woosa jingle. Woosa. 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 Eric P. 6141. Thank you, Eric. Uh, associate executive producer. Uh, yes, these are associate executive producers. Uh, Anne Marie Porter, $60. Thank you. Then we have our uh, $50 associate executive producer, Stephen Kirkpatrick, $50.33. Tobias Williamson, $50. Mo, I'm sitting here listening to Justice for Juicy, and we've come to the topic of lynching. I'm from Madison, Wisconsin, Virginia, a.k.a. God's Country, but currently live in Lynchburg, Virginia, as we heard in the clip earlier. A town named after its founder, John Lynch. People often think of its more, more dubious history of lynching. Interesting enough, the first ever public hanging in Virginia was indeed here, and a marker denotes the spot in the old city cemetery. A white man, slave owner, was hanged for the mistreatment of his slaves. Doesn't quite fit the narrative of history, though. Anyway, keep up the great work. There he goes, boots on the ground. I appreciate that. And timely as well. Extremely timely. Nicholas Wagenfeiler, $50. Thanks for the dose of reality. Thank you for the support, Nicholas. Capital T says, I need to donate way more often. This is way too good. Thanks, guys. Hopefully, you don't ever have to consider your day job anymore, Mo. Just a little karma for the whole fax, ma- uh, fax machine. <laughs> the fax machine. Hey, I like that. <laughs> I like that one, the fax machine. And I'm good to go. All the best, says uh, Ramon. And uh, got a, Who's uh, what, he wanted uh, uh, karma? Yes, karma. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> You've got Mo Karma. $50 from Anonymous. Thank you very much, Anonymous. Uh, Mike W., Lexington, Kentucky. Love the Justice for Juicy episode. Thank you for all you do. Curry is the best in the biz, and you guys are a great team. God bless. $50. Thank you. Aichi Katagawa, Sir H. from San Francisco. In the morning, value for value, no jingles, no karma. Thank you so much, Sir H. And Mike Kuplicki, I think, Kuplicki, $50. Thank you, Mike. We got a card from Terry Wentz who writes, Hey, Mo Fax, your insistence to humanize, to see and appreciate all people as humans and individuals really resonated with me. Thank you. You and Adam are a treasure. Terry, thank you very much. And then I wanted to, um, we'll be thanking more uh, of our uh, donors later on. I wanted to thank a few people who uh, took time out to try a new podcast app and to get into the... um, 
the habit of sending us boostergrams as value mm-hmm. for value support. So these are basically like a, a YouTube super chat. They're short little messages, and people send us little pieces of Bitcoin. You can try one of these apps out at newpodcastapps.com. I'll just run through them quickly with some of these messages. 3,300 from uh, Cass Peeland says, thanks for the show. 100 from uh, Mary Oscar. 500 from Cape 4. And then we have Dreb Scott, who does all of our chapters with expertise. Uh, He sends us 100,074 sats for a massive, massive big baller boost. Let me me guess. Can I'm working on my sat. Uh, yeah, five yeah. hundred or something. No, it's um a hundred thousand. It's fifty. Oh, fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. Yeah, it's about fifty. I thought it was two two thousand sats. Cause we need to let people am know I, this. What's I mean? This is a good. Wait, am I saying this wrong? No, 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 no. I thought it was two. I thought it was two thousand sats was a uh, yeah a dollar, right? Yeah. Right. So. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because two, I'm two really two bad at math. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty no, I sure got, it's I got 50. two into a hundred. Yeah, it's two. Yes, two. You're right. But in the two range, two hundred goes. Yeah, in the range of boosts and boostograms, it's a massive big baller, and we really appreciate. Oh yes. It. Oh yeah. You'd be right at the top on uh, <laughs> on a, on our competitor YouTube. Uh, you can also play with. Yeah, right. You can play with those numbers. Four twenty from Nomad Joe, who loves the show. Thank you. Um, we got horn loaded with, uh, says this episode, justice for juicy is making me cry. Thank you. Uh, horn loaded sent, uh, another one and said this was way too funny. So he's doing it at timelines. I like that. Mm-hmm. Fight less birds. 500. Thank you. Cape two with several love boosts for us. We got, uh, ace Ackerman with value for value episode 43. We appreciate that. We got another 2,200 from Huhomiel, I think I pronounce it. Uh, then we have another Dreb Scott. This was uh, earlier in the week. 350, 333. He says, answering the whale call, keep up the great work. So that's, that's over 150. <laughs> that's like 160. And that's why I wanted to make sure you're saying we get people in the right range. Yeah, I mean, no, of course, of course, yeah. of course. I mean, this is all so new, and I could be missing stuff. I mean, it's the technology mm-hmm. is just getting deployed. What I do like is that he says the whale call, and what came through on the system is a whale and a telephone emoji. That was that's kind of cool. I didn't know you could do emojis through it. It works. That's Appreciate the whale it. Call. Um, Chad Farrow, uh, he has supported us with multiple uh, multiple boosts, and uh, then we had Scott, and that was his first value for value boost, and he did it for. Uh, for MoFax with Adam Curry. We really appreciate that. We'll be thanking some more people who supported us, our producers, in the second half. If you'd like to support us, you heard that, you can do it in a fun way with the Podcasting 2.0 app. You also help protect podcasting and move everything forward and protect income streams because uh, modern-day high-tech lynching can include payment systems for anybody to be honest about it will will include not will include. no it will include thank you thank you very good point it's already exactly doing that um and uh, of course you can support us with your fiat fund coupons paypal cash app go to uh, mofax.com or directly to our donation page mofundme.com m-o-e-f-u-n-d-m-e.com and thank you all for supporting us and being executive and associate executive producers of episode 74 of mofax with adam curry and before i continue with this next part of the show i would like to thank the newly named fax machine uh, the people 
thank you for that uh, great idea. Um, but for the people that have donated their time and talent, trust me, I have a lot of stuff they're saying that we're going to uh, bring into you all. Uh, and the Facts fam, fam, the Hall of Fam is definitely going to be kicking off here soon as we see some people, even today, cross the threshold to be in the Hall of Fam. So we're going to produce a nice segment for that. Uh, and we'll start, you know, uh, start. So start getting your calculations together. So you could be recognized as um, yes, you, you met that threshold. Very exciting, very very yes. exciting. Uh, with that said, let's get back into the show, and uh, so we pick back up with Nilly Fuller again, and he's going to talk about uh, the title of his clip was called "The Silly Mode," and basically they want to keep us in the silly mode and not the serious mode. Now, the non-white people who understand that this is the setup and this is the dominant government of the entire planet, then the white supremacists will understand that you understand this. And if enough people understand it, people can't go against something about the mind that says you don't go against something that, I mean, you, you can't ignore something that you understand, uh, particularly when it's working against you. That'll keep bothering you until you'll have a tendency to do something about it. Now, that's what the white supremacists do not want. They do not want black people to be logical. They do not want black people to think about anything except something that's real silly and real stupid. This is why we they always glorify stupidity in black people. If, you're, if a black person has a tendency to show stupidity, or silliness, that black person, the white supremacists immediately will seize upon them and say, this this person is, doesn't show any signs of being serious about anything. So these are the black people that we want to become more and more prominent. And we will feed into their silliness. Anything stupid that they come up with or we come up with for them, we will glorify it. As long as it's stupid and silly. Anything that's serious and constructive, we don't want them to be logical. We don't want them to tap into that. That's not the way we want any people of color to ever think. Oh, yeah. This is why the entertainment business and complex is so important. Yes, because they vet only the silly people. Put the, put get, the black man in the dress. Well, not only... And, and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I think the guy named Billy Porter. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect example because they are very serious homosexual men out there that are serious i mean like serious but they want a person like that to be the face of the movement because he's a caricature and that when you become a serious black man or a serious for example and just to take away from black for a second uh it's okay if you're uh act as a clown to you're saying talk speak against the vax or any political movement like the QAnon, shamanon you see how they use him to represent the people at you're saying January 6th. Mm-hmm. You know, they always go to a caricature. Yeah. So they can demonize it and you're saying and laugh and mock at it. They don't want any serious people to step forward. So when you step up and be serious and be smart and logical, that's very dangerous. And I'll show you an example of this. Look at when the doctors, the serious doctor starts coming up and saying, you know what, something's not right about what's going on around, you know, about them saying the vaccine. Right. Then it, it's like full attack mode. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they don't like that. Now, if you were silly about it, no problem. But yeah. if you come as 
And when they say the one thing they hate for you to say is what? I did my own research. Yeah. All that galls them to no end because it's like, hold on. He could be taken seriously and logical. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why they had to, I believe, get uh, when I mentioned before, Farrakhan and Alex Jones off the air because to their listeners, they're taken seriously. Now, to outside, not as much. But when you have that kind of, you know, uh, people with that kind of cachet of being right, <laughs> yeah. it's like we got to get them out here. The doctor, uh, all the doctors, why they hurt with uh, Joe Rogan? Mm-hmm. Because he brought serious people on there. Yeah. It's like you can't give serious people a platform. Now, you know, if you, uh, if it was somebody, like I said, a comedian or something like that, why they kind of give, um, they kind of demean David Chappelle to say, oh, he's just a comedian. Right. That's, their, that's their, they can't really lynch him like they want to. Oh, they, oh, they're digging. Uh, they, they're not going to let that die. But it's like, okay, we'll just, you know, write him off as a comedian. Well, exactly. Kind of exactly. <laughs> that's why. And, and when all the comedians became afraid, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and they became afraid to speak, that was the dark moment, man. Because the comedians are the ones that have always gotten the truth out. The court jester always is able to do something, right? But it has. But they have a serious. Like you look at your uh, George Carlin. He yeah. was ser- he was being serious, right? Yeah. It was just yeah. it was just funny, mm-hmm. but it was serious. But they don't want those kind of people. They don't no. want those kind of artists. They don't want anything to do with seriousness because that's with seriousness comes authority, right? And with this system, you can't have any authority um, except medical. Well, even if you, yeah, well, if you step outside the lines and start questioning things, yeah. they'll, 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 you know what I'm saying, pull the rug off and on you or right. they hit you with the boulet phone, either one. So, <laughs> so with the boulet uh, phone. <laughs> yeah, we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. with that said, let's go ahead and get to this uh, final clip from Nilly Fuller. Would it be a sitting down and slowly thinking things through and trying to be problem solvers rather than problem makers? No, we don't want those type of non-white people to get out from under our surveillance. You watch them very closely. It's like that dangerous black person on the plantation who's always going around trying to read something or trying to figure things out, asking questions, trying to figure out how the plantation is run. That is a dangerous Negro on this plantation. Sell him down the river or give him a good whipping and stop him from being curious about serious things. Keep him in the silly mode. That is the category that black people are always supposed to be in, the silly mode, the Hmm. destructive mode. Don't let them think about anything serious, because then they become a danger. Hmm. So, and and here's the weird dichotomy that we're put in, because, one, if we're silly, mass media puts us on a pedestal and amplifies our message. Right, but if we're serious, <clears throat> we have one or two things that happen. Either you get co-opted by parties like the liberal movement, I'm saying feminism, the le- left hand side, or if you choose to join the right hand side, you're not black anymore. Right. So it's like I'm screwed either way. It's like either I had to stay silly, mm-hmm. either go to the Democrats and push their narrative. Which is what we just laid out. I'm saying in full detail. Right, it's just a manipulation of the fear, or it's to be ostracized from your people. And then you get called like Farrakhan said, "You're different." Oh, you're different. 
<laughs> you're different. And I've heard that all my life, and I know what that means. Like, but that's not a compliment. No, just to let people know that they are just not aware of how that comes across. It's like, oh, you're not the stereotypical. <laughs> now, would you say that? I mean, like this. Yeah. Like I said, I don't. And a lot. I think a lot of people just are racially awkward, mm-hmm. and they don't know. And say it's like, oh, you're, you know, you're different, ignorant, and, and, completely, and be, completely ignorant. It's if one hundred thousand percent stupidity, ignorance. Of course, and that's the thing. That's why coming, to, Malcolm X said it. Us coming to the table, we can tell each other how these things are received and perceived. And that yeah. way we can under, have understanding. It's like seek first to understand, then to be understood. So that's when you say that, just know how it's going to be received. Um, now, uh, for a person, you know, like myself, I understand what you mean. Um, you're not like how the media portrayed. I know that's what you mean, but how it's heard is, you're, it could be heard is that you're not the stereotypical of how the media portrays. So, right. That, but that's the weird place they put you in. It's like, okay, do I... I'm not going to be silly. I'm never going to be a silly person. I'm all, I'm all, I, I like to have a fun time, but I'm always, you know, I'm not, you know, a, a silly person. But at the same time, I'm not going to push the narrative. So then that leads me to isolation, right. which if you don't care about being ostracized and isolated, then that's real freedom. And that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> It like, shows, Mo. Care. It shows. <laughs> it's very obvious. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice. It's nice to listen to. Yeah, so I mean, but that's just so. But you're not, you know, you really. I mean, I tell the difference, but you're. I mean, you you had pretty good filters. You were able to separate stuff pretty well. But now there's just an extra layer has come off. Yes, watch out, watch this, watch this man, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and the extra layer was that you never want to be offensive for the sake of being offensive. so it's like, okay, I know people that I work with listen to the show. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make them feel a certain way because of my decision. But now it's like, okay, you've put me you know saying, in a position to be speak freely. And I appreciate that. Like I said, and, and who keeps me in that position are the producers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yep. why it's so important for them yes. is that it, I'm going to continue to keep, keep giving people the truth. And I've always given the truth, but at the same time, it's like, you know, uh, just being respectful, out of respect, and I and I still have respect, but it's just um, you put me in a weird spot. But uh, I, I digress. So let's go ahead and get back. So I'm not gonna play for uh, 28 because we, just what we covered last week, uh, as well in show 43, uh, from NPR that says the prevalence of uh communism and sharecropping. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about it on several occasions. But this is an example of serious black people. Now, I had to lay this out a little bit. So basically, you had two things going on in 1919. You had the Red Summer of 1919, which was like riddled with a huge number of lynchings. But at the same time, you had what they call the Red Scare of 1919. Yep. Which was the Bolsheviks. Yep. So as we covered in last week's show, and there is a... There were serious black people that were considering communism. And they were taken as a serious threat. And and a lot of those lynchings were politically based. Now, we talked about the genetics and fear of crossing and uh, fear of disease and that kind of thing. The other thing is they saw black people as a threat if the Bolsheviks slash Russians could activate us for their good. Mm-hmm. So you had these two things going on in the same summer of 1919. So... Let's go ahead and get into number 26. Uh, 
the voices of freedom. The summer of 1919 is the crest of one of the most vicious years in American history. There are riots that kind of sweep the nation. They're not just Southern riots. Not only have segregation and the underlying ethos of Jim Crow gone national, but the commitment to reinforcing and defending them through, through terroristic violence is also national. Jim Crow was following the Great Migration northward, and both had landed in Chicago. In the last two years alone, an estimated 50,000 black people had arrived in the city, almost doubling Chicago's African-American population. Wow. New arrivals crowded up uneasily against a huge influx of immigrants fleeing Southern and Eastern Europe. Those European migrants were divided by religion, language, and ethnicity. But they held one thing in common and antipathy toward black people. Huh. So, two things I want to point out in this clip. One, that she said that Jim Crow had followed them north. There's this myth that the north was so much freer than the south. <laughs> of course, that, that's, that just, that, that we have to think that way. Because, you know, Democrats. But that's how it's baked. Like I said, that's how this mind control is baked in. Oh, they were freer in the north, as you see. No. Mm-hmm. And then you can even tell us, even maybe even you can make the case for it being worse. Because here are people fresh coming here from other places. And they're quickly indoctrinated that black people are bad. And I think it was, I think there were a lot of Polish in the early days that went to Chicago. There's a good movie. What's it called? Uh, What is that? Fargo. uh, That shows this uh, with Chris Rock. uh, That shows how the Polish, then it would be the Jewish, then it would be the blacks. Mm -hmm. uh, And the Irish. And then they would all be fighting for their piece of the pie. Yeah, uh, and this resulted in a lot of gangs and mobs and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so it was just everybody was fighting for their piece of the pie, but it just tears down the narrative that the South was so much worse, worse than the North. Yeah, and Jim Crow, but they also had to paint that because they were running a lot of black people off of their land using the KKK. It mm. wasn't just fear out of you know um, segregation; it was also a political tool to get black people to either, you know, forfeit their land or sell their land. Right. So, and they needed, it's convenient how the mass migration also aligned with the, uh, with the World War One. See, in 1914 is like when it really kicked oh, off. Oh, yeah. The first well, migration and, kicked off. And world wars have always changed the world in many, many ways. And, and right. whatever World War Three is, which we're probably in, once it's over, we'll have a changed world. Yeah, but the thing was, was, it's kind of like they knew they were going to be sending the large population of the white men out to fight. So they needed, you know, basically workers in the, from the South forced to the North mm-hmm. to backfill those jobs. And then what was happening in 1919, a lot of those guys were coming back from the war, looking to get their jobs back along with the newly immigrated and the newly migrated. And that's what made this a powder keg and, to be honest with you, we see a lot of these American cities in the same boat. It's a powder keg the same way. Yes. Right now. 
because you have my, mass migration you know saying, coming from the south southern border mm-hmm. you have a lot of these cities like san francisco and uh chicago and even that's why minneapolis and you know minnesota keeps popping up because they have the huge uh Immigrant, somali immig- population yep, yeah, yeah, yeah so these people are fighting for their piece of, you're know saying for their piece of the pie or you're know saying their piece of the cake so this is what causes this hotbed but at the end of the day everybody's going to be against black people even Somalis. That's the crazy thing. About, like, <laughs> that is the funniest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that go to show you, it's, 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 man, it's a, it's a mind control that they, they're under. So, I guess we can go ahead and get into uh, the second part of this uh, 1919 clip. Business owners exploited racial tensions, frequently using black workers to undercut wages and break strikes. Marion Anderson travels to Chicago in 1919. That's basically a powder keg. And it has many of the conditions that you'll see in cities across the country. There's pressure on housing. There's competition over jobs. There are returning soldiers, black and white. Black soldiers angry about their World War I experience and convinced that they've earned their full citizenship rights. And white soldiers determined to keep African Americans from acting on their convictions. into the white section of the 29th Street Beach. A policeman refused to arrest his assailant. Fights broke out between black and white bystanders. Yeah. So this, this is what I was talking about. He was the Emmett Till of the North that nobody talks about. Eugene Williams. I think we've and mentioned him on the show before, I think. We we did. And, and now I did a little foreshadowing. You're saying to get to this point that you hear about Emmett Till, even to the point where you highlighted that they named the bill after him, mm-hmm. but you, you need Eugene Williams murder was actually suppressed. You know, say even by black publications, because they didn't want to break the narrative that black people need to come North. And a lot of that propaganda was put into the black newspapers and distributed to the South that the North was this Mecca or this, you know, this uh, utopia for black people. <clears throat> which made them, you know, want to seek out coming to the uh, north. What was his name again? Eugene Williams. So just the story while you're looking it up is he was a 14-year-old kid that was on a raft. Ah, he, yes. He, uh, yeah. he floated from the black side of the beach to the white beach, yep. and he was stoned to death because he was trying, you know, they threw rocks at him until he was saying he drowned. Right. And this is a lynching. But they won't, they didn't highlight like that because they wanted to portray the South as the problem. Right. I got it. Which, I just put it in the show notes. Also, just you're saying, just to highlight the point even more, which destabilized the voting power that black people had in the South, that they feared that they would exercise. So it was kind of like, let's just redistribute, you know, uh, black people across America that kind of took away their, you know, potency. Mm-hmm. 
and then we go into you know what I'm saying the you know urban renewal and that kind of thing how they created projects and those kind of things to house us in so I'm just saying this is the kind of thing that was going on and the Russians saw the Russians saw hey we got a real opportunity to um, foment you know uh, division they saw it then they see it now that's why I said what I'm talking about yeah. this is not a history show this is this is this we're is, talking about some real deal um consequences. And people are seeing, you know what I'm saying, this country divided and they're gonna play on it as they did, you're saying in nineteen nineteen with uh the Red Scare. But the Lusk Committee wasn't only interested in foreign and leftist groups in isolation. They also claimed that these groups were planning to radicalize African Americans to help overthrow the government. This reflected a common view of African Americans as Bolshevik sympathizers during the summer of 1919, which saw widespread race riots in dozens of American cities. African Americans were labeled wobblies, that's an IWW member, socialists, Bolsheviks, or anarchists if they criticized Orthodox American politics or capitalism. Resistance and questioning Jim Crow laws or black disenfranchisement was linked in the eyes of many to Soviet Russia. Black newspapers were monitored and investigated by the U.S. government for fear that these periodicals would attempt to Bolshevize African Americans. J. Edgar Hoover even referred to the black community newspaper, The Messenger, as the Russian organ of the Bolsheviki in the United States. And he believed that the weekly Negro world advocated Soviet Russian rule and Bolshevism. The U.S. Military Intelligence Division even concluded that the civil rights organization, the NAACP, was controlled by Bolsheviks. Oh, okay. So, yes, this is not a history show. What you're telling me is that the uh, Marxist leaders, self, self-proclaimed uh, professional Marxist organizers, etc., of Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter, Inc., that that is on purpose in order to hate black people. Yes. Oh, also, my goodness. <laughs> and also to say that they're also putting the far right uh, or anybody on the right in bed with the Russians. Wait a minute. Say this again. There, notice, every Trump... Yeah, no, no, I, I got that, but... but did, yeah, basically, it's Trump, Putin, you. You know what I'm saying? If you like Trump, you're a Russian. Right, but that that plays off against uh, the 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 communists. I'm not, I'm not quite. No, either either way, they could put you in the bed with the Russians. Either you're Marxist, communist Russians, or you're pro. Oh yeah, it's like it doesn't. Trump, yeah, Russians. Yeah, whatever. Russia is just the universal bad guy. Doesn't matter which side you're on. Correct. <laughs> well, that's that's very smart. It's really working well. I'm I'm impressed, and they're just doing it for the what fourth time now. Yeah, and, and I'll give you an example of it. Now, and I I'm, I'm, and I don't want to speak this into existence, but I had to point it out to people. Now you realize Kanye West is going to Putin, talk to Putin, and hang out in Russia. Right. Oh. I, I see oh, it clear my as goodness. day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trump, Kanye to Trump, Trump to Putin, Kanye's a, a Russian stooge. So I'm I'm just saying that they're gonna leave black people hold, holding the bag on either side of it, either and that's the thing. If you go to the Democrats, then you're a Marxist. 
Ugh. Or a communist, and if you go to the Republicans, then you're down. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is so smart. But it's <laughs> they're doing the same thing for years and years and years, and we just keep fall, we just keep falling for it. We are numb nuts, man. They, they got they got good propaganda, Ugh. but that's kind of why like why these shows like what we do here are important. And I know that was a shorter segment, but now we got to go back and thank the rest of the people. Yes, we do. Uh, uh, first, let's talk about our. I like brand new money. I just I don't want any money around me. Is not. I'd almost rather have a, a new one than a brand than an old twenty. Now, that's kind of dumb, isn't it? But there's something about new money that excites you. You like hundred dollar bills? Oh yeah, I like oh. new money too. Oh, most beautiful thing on earth is a hundred dollar bill. I hadn't seen a woman as good looking as a hundred dollar bill. There's something about a hundred dollar bill that excites you. Yeah, we like the hundred dollar bills. We also like smaller bills. Doesn't matter. It's value for value. That's what it's all about. And uh, I'm going to go as fast as I can through this because I know we're all very excited now that we've caught up. We know where we are in this uh, repeat of history. I can't wait to find out what happens next because then we'll be able to prepare. Uh, But first, let us thank a few people who came in under $50. Justin D. uh, He says, the juicy episode. I was about to foolishly skip. Well, I'm glad you didn't. Uh, We got a couple of 3333s from Christopher Raymer. Uh, who says, in the morning, Adam and Mo, thank you for a most informative and entertaining show. Johnny Iris, 3333. Uh, hey, Mo and Adam started listening from the Star Report, says Bamidley, Oregon Thomas, I think. Bamidley. Yes. Uh, Betty. Can you, go back, can you go back and get Douglas Mook? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yes, Douglas, forty nine ninety nine. I missed Unless that, Unless he did that for anonymity. We're sorry, Douglas. Well, then we, then we bust you. There's no promise <laughs> of that here. Uh, Betty Solero, the 3333. So please, you've added a P.O. box so I can add you to my bill for a monthly subscription. Just yes. the tip. This is cool, yeah. Uh, just a, You can do that from your bank. Uh, which yes, is, and a lot of people did do that. I'm seeing checks come in uh, through bill pay. So that's nice. a good way to uh, donate as well subscription base you can just schedule it um just the tip of the iceberg of the value i've received from your work thank you adam thank you mo episode episode 69 is really all anyone listened to to figure out what is going on in covid 1984 yes that was a good fun episode by the way really enjoyed hearing you on behind the scenes the behind the schemes with boobery lots of fun blessings to you both jester jester uh 33 appreciate you both your courage as you tackle things few are willing to approach with honest and true intentions truly can't find this education anywhere else wishing you good fortune mo in regards to your place of work but i have faith you are exactly where you're meant to be either way here here you are both the light in the darkness love you guys wish you the best i'd like to request karma for both of you as well as the rest of the mofax family always willing to do that <laughs> you've got Mocom. Matthew Medina, 30. Thank you for that. Douglas Engstrom, uh, 25. Mo, you said the decriminalization by judges and DAs on the left in big cities will have a pendulum effect and lead to a new crime bill. What if it is a deliberate attempt by the left to stick the new crime bill with the next Republican president and Congress in 2024? The left can't talk about the 94 crime bill because Joe Biden wrote it and Bill Clinton signed it. After this, the left can rail on the right for a racist crime bill in the media and still profit from the prison system they've invested so much money in. Just a thought. Thank you. Love you guys. Yes, well, Sir Douglas Enstrom, I would say um, that's just the tactical bits. We're looking at the overall strategy, and this episode today, I think, shows us it's much, much bigger than this. Correct. That's just a and, little and, and, and piece. They'll, and they'll play that into their favor because then it goes to show you that they're, that's told you we were trying to protect you from them. Uh-huh. So, I mean, if it plays out that way, it'll actually be beneficial to them. So. 
Exactly. I think he has a point there. Uh, Arlie's Dijena. Uh, Mo enjoyed the last episode about, about Monsieur Smolier. I've been uh, enjoying the Lost Tapes as well. Thank you. Yes, Lost Tapes, uh, Max, uh, family, always, uh, always welcome here and vice versa. Susan Tillett, keep up the great work. 25, Edwin Torres, 25, thanks, GBG. <laughs> give, give back to guns. Uh, James Larkins, 25. Paul Branham says excellence with 25. Thank you. Uh, then we uh, have a number of people with uh, $20 donations here. 2022 from Jesper, Jennifer Kinsey. Uh, she says, I experienced synchronicity in the grand designer God has created in this realm. I listened to 73 on January 9th, the day before my birthday. Dug around with some facts you were spouting, and Afini and I have the same birthday, January 10th. As soon as your podcast ended, my downloads auto-played, and I hear Dave Smith intro himself as the libertarian Tupac. Peace and love to you both. (laughs) Yeah, that's synchronicity for sure. Look for 1111. Uh, Brian Shellnut, $20. Come for the music intro, outro, stay for the deconstruction. Always good for a listen anytime. In the morning, Mo and Adam... Brian Rosa says, I'm no longer a deadbeat. Well, you're not now, that's for sure. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. Same goes for Brandon Rhodes with $20. D-deadbeated. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. Chris Bingham, 15. James C. with 15. Mark Asher with 12. Jeff Finnup, 1111. Uh, oh, and he was, he says, dropping you another contribution. Thanks for the make good on the old D deadbeat. Keep up the good work. Appreciate it. Sam Williams, 1111. Monique Eckert, $10. Jeremy Cavanaugh, 10 Keith Robinson, Kayla Vincent Brown, Justin Edelman, William Barnes, and Steve Edwards, all $10. Thank you so much. The value is appreciated. 555 from Vincent Farrell. David Ch- Chalona has two $5 donations. Of course, uh, he's on a, automatic uh, system there and we really appreciate Mm -hmm. that uh j robert appleby jr five dollars moises hernandez with 420 and of course rounding it all out he's always there we've come to count on him terry the human subscription keller with four dollars and 11 cents we appreciate this and appreciate everybody sending our boostograms and uh and using new podcast apps and just supporting the work and of course again uh special thanks to our executive and associate executive producer for episode number 74, MoFax with Adam Curry. Support us at MoFax.com slash donate or MoFundMe.com, M-O-E-F-U-N-D-M-E.com. All right, so now we got to come to the present day and how the red... This this is a weird set of clips. This is uh, Karen, uh, uh, Karen Hunter, I believe her name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's a favorite of the show we haven't heard from her recently but this is her talking about how the russians had tar- always targeted black americans now there's two sets of the clips that the first two clips and the second two clips in the first two she's going to praise all the uh black historians and black leaders quote-unquote leaders that were supported by the russians but then she does this weird trick in the second set of clips so let's go ahead and get into 32 russia has for a long time been trying to infiltrate our this this wonderful democracy republic that we have here in the United States of America and since they started doing that the their entry point has always been the source of greatest value 
Meaning, Baldwin said, the black American, if the black American ever woke up to this, the Negro, <laughs> must understand that we are the greatest threat to this democracy from this standpoint. That how we go is how this country goes. And we don't recognize the power of that, right? And what that means is that we, from the inside, and I'm not saying, you know, that this can happen or this should happen or what have you, but based on how we're treated, determines the future of this country, our reaction to it. Mm. The Russians have always understood that. So they've tried to come in. They've had various uh, attempts during the first great uh, migration in the 20s and 30s. They came in with the Communist Party um, and they played a significant role in defending civil rights mm. for African-Americans. Right. A. Philip Randolph probably single handedly was one of the most instrumental. He actually planned the march on Washington. He, Bayard Rustin and other like mm-hmm. it wouldn't have happened without him. Mm-hmm. But also in labor. He he changed the paradigm, and he yeah. was working similarly to Martin Luther King with the president and and, mm. and desegregating a lot of our <clears throat> workforce. But the Russians also had a hand in that, right? Right. Huh. So what are we what are we saying with that whole clip? Huh. She said A. Philip Randolph, which I, I knew this, but I just want to lay out for people. Planned the march on Washington with the help of the Russians. And him and MLK were working with. Uh, did we know um, any of this? When when did this all? I, I, this I, is I news knew this. To me. I, I knew this from uh-huh. thanks to uh, 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 my Black History professor, uh, Doctor Mosley mm-hmm. at uh, Ant State, you know, North Carolina Ant State University. Uh, I knew this, and he's really the one that really got me into like looking into things that were given to us. Um, yeah, so A. Philip Randolph was big on the March on Washington, him and Bayard Rustin, uh, which we talked about Bayard mm-hmm. and numerous times on the show. Yeah. But what she's saying is the Russian was back in A. A. Philip Randolph, and then they were working with the president. Uh, the, uh, I can't, I can't, I remember, uh, LBJ. Mm-hmm, yeah. Lyndon Baines Johnson. So sure. what are we saying here? I mean, like, I, I just thought that was a weird this is a nugget. Yeah, of fact. I, you know, like, this is very interesting. Were, were they working on the inside with the president? I mean, like, was LBJ I don't know. working with the Russians? I mean, like, <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> and what this now we got to talk about a black Hoover. Uh, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you tie all this together, but not want to belabor the point, but I just thought that was interesting that, and she praises him like, oh yeah, he worked with the Russians. Yeah. It was, you know, it was all good. Uh, and then they continue on with uh, the second part of the clip, number 35. No, no, 33, 33 excuse yeah. me. Uh, Paul Robeson, one of the greatest of all time. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, they, they he actually, they work with him to uh, file a petition entitled We Charge Genocide with the United Nations in 1949. It didn't go through, but yeah. they were trying to say, hey, this is happening. Um, and he's saying there many, many, many times in Moscow. Yeah. 1960s and 70s Black Panther movement. But my question is, right, um, and and similar to what you were talking about with Namibia, um, people will always try to colonize or try to attempt to come in. And this is a very weak part. And this is what I said. You know, America's hypocrisy will be her undoing. Mm-hmm. It's not black people's fault that America say we hold these truths to, to be uh, self-evident evident that all men are created equal and then enslave people. Yeah. It's not it's not black people's fault. That, that ain't on us. No, no. And, you know, that at the end of the day, you know, if you are a person who 
ascribes to being white in America, you are subscribing to a system that was in place to denigrate and destroy people. You're participating in the destruction of America, I believe. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Russia's watching. And during the 2016 election, while everyone's like Trump, 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 who you referenced lynching today as, you know, being something that he's he's being strung up, you know, like really. Um, And people gave him a history lesson. And again, the Clay Kane show today was brilliant, brilliant and unpacking that and why this president is so not just Wolf. I think he was he did that on purpose. I I don't think he's ignorant. I think he used those words because Hmm. he's trying to diminish something much the way we talked yesterday about Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you can erase race people's actual experiences in history then you get to go on and tell the story that you want but it's not true yeah when you disrespect our history you literally try to erase us we're not here for it oh literally literally (laughs) literally literally (laughs) and you're done yeah but which i find interesting that she pulls short it's the system of white supremacy See, they can't, when you're on a platform like that, you can't even say those words. Unless. Unless they're sanctioned. Exactly. Like you, you had to be given a, the green light. Like, uh, yeah, well, who you're invoking it towards? All America? No, 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 you can't use that. Uh, certain political party? Go for it. It's that kind of thing. So, <clears throat> so the, the point from that clip was that. You have all, I mean, they have this history of working with Russia and Paul Robeson and those kind of things, but then they uh, prostitute themselves out for, you're saying, for a media, a political narrative, which I find like you're basically doing what you're accused of being done. Of course. Of doing. Yeah. Well, Uh, yes, this is a, this is something that happens a lot. Right. So um, we won't beat that dead, uh, dead horse anymore. Now we want to go into who Paul Robeson was because she mentioned his name. And I want to give you an example of this is the different kind of lynching. <clears throat> this is kind of what um, Clarence Thomas was saying about high tech lynching. Uh-huh. This is when they bring you before Congress or these special panels or with the media, this, with the media event. Yes. The media event. And this right. one was called the house of Un-American Activities Committee. Uh, (laughs) And so this is interpreted by James Earl Jones as probably the only man that could do Paul Robeson's voice. Uh, (laughs) uh, But this is like, I just want to point out, it's it's accurate, but it is uh, uh, reading by James Earl Jones of what took place. Uh, And this is the testimony of Paul Robeson, excuse me. Are you now a member of the Communist Party? Oh, please, please, please. Please answer, will you, Mr. Robeson? What is the Communist Party? What do you mean by that? Are you now a member of the Communist Party? Would you like to come to the ballot box when I vote and take off the ballot and see? Mr. Chairman, I respectfully suggest the witness be directed to answer the question. You are directed to answer the question. I invoke the Fifth Amendment and forget it. I respectfully suggest the witness be directed to answer the question whether, if he gave us a truthful answer, he would be supplying information which might be used against him in a criminal proceeding. You are directed to answer, Mr. Robson. In the first place, wherever I have been in the world, the first to die in the struggle against fascism were the communists. I laid many wreaths upon the graves of communists. That is not criminal. Chief Justice Warren has been very clear 
that the Fifth Amendment does not have anything to do with the inference of criminality, and I invoke the Fifth Amendment. Have you ever been known under the name of John Thomas? Oh, please, does somebody here want me to put up a perjury someplace? John Thomas! My name is Paul Robeson, and anything I have to say, I have said in public all over the world, and that is why I'm here today. Mr. Chairman, I ask that you direct the witness to answer the question he's making his speech. I ask you to affirm or deny the fact that your Communist Party name was I John Thomas. The Fifth Amendment. This is really ridiculous. The witness talks very loud when he makes a speech, but when he invokes the Fifth Amendment, I can't hear him. I have medals for diction. Right. I can talk plenty loud. Will you talk a little louder? I invoke the Fifth Amendment loudly. Oh, man. I don't know anything about this dude. <laughs> so he, he he was that. He was a very huge figure. Yes, of his time. Musician, right? Yes, musician. I think opera singer, actor, civil rights activist. Right, and, right, right, right. His legacy is a, as a communist. And and I'm just saying, going to show you that once again, you can hear from the sound of his voice that he's a serious person. Yeah, there's he, no room. Well, this for railroad, this railroading they're doing over, over his, him invoking the Fifth Amendment is insane. You, I mean, if you did that today, it would be an uh, it, that would be an outrage. Would it? Looking at January six people, would it really? <laughs> would it really yeah yeah uh, well we'll see i mean when they bring the stones and the joneses and well, all well the yeah but for it. but they're not showing it you see that's the problem this this was clearly a public hearing yeah they understand the optics of it yeah. so i mean that's why they're doing skypes and those kind of things yeah. but i'm just saying that when you're on the wrong side of the system no that's, a, that's not a fun place no to be it's not a fun place to be and that's what they were telling paul robeson basically answer us boy yeah. i don't care about your fifth amendment yeah which he's right. They're basically saying your rights don't protect you because you don't have them. Mm-hmm. So this this what lends to it being your rights being a privilege that can be uh, quickly taken away from you. And once again, I'm not saying this is not for historical aspects. This is letting you know what is available. Mm-hmm. And their caveat of uh, uh <laughs> of different uh, tools. It's like yeah, it's like yeah, okay, uh huh. We can pull this one out. Your fifth? Oh, we don't care about your fifth answers. And if you don't answer, guess what? You perjure yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if, if you even come to the FBI, you perjure yourself. And I'm going to give you another example of a lynching. And like I said, when I use this word, I don't want to disrespect actual people that got were killed. But I'm, when, you take, when you kill somebody's uh, identity, likeness, uh, image, reputation, that's all forms of lynching. General Flynn. General Flynn and then Barry Bonds. Yeah, yeah. He paid the price for all baseball players. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, well, I just want to point that out. You know what I'm saying? Before we move on. That yeah, that, that's it, it, true. This lynching. is another example of a lynching when people say lynching and this Cosby, same thing, you know, and it's rightfully should he be in drug through the mud? Yes. But when you see your peers not done the same way and they're all passing out disco biscuits, <laughs> it's like, hold on. And, and I'm going to show you an example of it. Cosby has his special on Showtime. It's done in a serious manner. Uh, it's amazing how they use seriousness when it's to demonize, but then we have a special on Hugh Hefner. It's kind of like bubbly and like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you know, it's kind of it's kind of the culture back then, you know, to pass out pills and not not women out, you know, it's kind of you know it's kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hold on, like, whoa, 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 where's the equity at? You know, this right. is when these people start talking about equity. This is, I say this to say, a 
as uh, Karen Hunter was saying, yeah, the hypocrisy does give a stronghold for outside elements to come in and and stir up trouble. Mm. You know, so, uh, and especially in the times that we're in right now. But moving forward, uh, let's go back to, I guess, number 34. And this is where, they, now notice, they were saying how great uh, all the works that Russians had helped done in the civil rights history and that prominent people they supported. Mm-hmm. Now watch this quick 180 they do. <laughs> so so I say all of this to say. Definitely you know, not I, on Urban View. No, no. <laughs> and I think there's some people who say, well, if we just get rid of black people, then we wouldn't have a problem. But your problem is not black people. Your problem is hypocrisy. Mm. Getting rid of black people will not change the reality that this country was based on. There'll be another black people. There'll be another group. There'll be another group. Yeah. Trust me. And it'll be probably even more horrific because it's harder because we're easy to see. Yeah. You know, we're real easy to see. Um, but but I say all this to say the the question is there are a lot of people that would take that Russian check. Yeah. <laughs> There are yeah. a lot of people that would take that Russian support that that and and I even had one of my former um, uh, classmates or not classmates, uh, one of my students on from Hunter College who was targeted by the Russians during 2016. Ooh. Yeah. And and it was willfully targeting black people. Yeah. Which we'll talk about in a second. But my question is, do you think that the USSR, which don't no longer exist, yeah. do you think that Russia will treat black people any better? Than, than America. Do you think after they use you to get what they want? Because what they want is total destruction of democracy. Of democracy. At, by any means necessary. By any means necessary. Even if, if even if it means shaking hands with your black ass. Yeah. <laughs> or even postering you, giving you millions of dollars. They yeah. have money. Yeah. Even if it means pouring buckets of money into your organization. They're, so the notion normally is the enemy of my enemy is my friend. But what happens when the enemy of your enemy wins? Yeah. Because you helped them win. Because you gave them an entry point. What happens to you? Yeah. What do you think happens to you? When you're no longer valuable. Yeah. When was this? this? Is, when was this? This, is, this, this was 2019 hmm. uh, election. But this was the black bots thing all over again. Right. The Russian bots. Mm-hmm. This was her take on it. Now, you just sit here and say how Russian funding got the civil rights bill done and, you know, saying, and, you know, people like A. Philip Randolph and, you know, all this change that came about. These are her words. Mm -hmm. But then say, oh, if you take Russian money now or get in bed with the Russians now against the Democratic Party. Are they going to have your back? See, they did. This is all from the same segment. This is this is all chronologically, you know, saying uh, it's laid out chronologically. This is not me altering the conversation anyway. They went from how great the Russians were in the past to now it's like, oh, do you really want to take Russian money and get in bed with Russian bots? Yeah. It's the cognitive dissonance for me. It's like if she's right. Hypocrisy. It does give the it does give the uh, America a weak point. And it does give white supremacy a weak point. That's why memes are so powerful Mm -hmm. because memes do nothing but point out hypocrisy. Yep. Yeah. And it can be as simple as uh, some douchebag uh, governor having dinner at a fancy restaurant during lockdown. Right. That's why it is powerful. But then the fact that she says, well, you don't want to step out. Don't leave the blue plantation (laughs) for the red plantation. And not not not. the Republicans, but the Russians. Yes. You know, they they might be bad. And I'm not saying take Russian. But what I'm saying is 
if you were using your logic that A. Philip Randolph and Martin Luther King got so much done with the help of Russians, ain't that the way we want to go? <laughs> it's just—it's a—it's a mind. Me- it's it it. it, it. It makes you it makes you crazy <laughs> right. to think about it. <laughs> well, that's the chaos, right? That's but but ca- but I still love that it's you know, hey, we're we're bringing these Marxist elements because you know Black Lives Matter Inc. and it's really mm-hmm. going to help us, and we're bringing in the money, and uh, but really, you know, what's going to wind up is everyone's going to wind up hating y'all, <laughs> and that's why we're doing it. I mean, the whole thing is so sick. And, and and like I said, this is in chronological, no manipulation. This is the this is how their conversation played out. And I'm like, I was, I was like, hold on, where are they going with this? Are they saying they're gonna take the Russian check? Like I was confused when I first was listening to it. I'm like, I don't are they saying black Americans need to get in bed with the Russians? But oh no, no, no. This was just her way of saying ADOS or FBA or Native blacks are basically in bed with the Russians. Mm. This is this is her way that's, of doing it. That's pretty sick. I always get sicker. Thirty five. <laughs> Tell me about the uh, twenty sixteen election and the Russians and what you know, Drew. So what the what made me like the hairs on my neck stand up when when I saw you know when I saw some of the things that you were talk, going to talk about today is because what we what what happened in twenty sixteen is that um, and all of the intelligence bureaus have said this right even though the administration continues to just sort of like ignore it um, but. All of the intelligence bureaus said that Russia was very specific about engaging and try and engaging and infiltrating black social media circles. So they wow. they were very clear on the <laughs> on trying to create divides within the African American community in the twenty in the two thousand and sixteen election by creating things like anti Hillary memes in um in in Bernie um, in Bernie circles, anti-Bernie mm-hmm. memes, in in Hillary circles, and also they were they spent the majority of their of their capital on trying to influence African Americans in social and digital spaces. Wow, this is totally r- bl- Russian bots. Yes, jeez, <laughs> holy, this is that's really good. And to say that black people couldn't come up with this on their own. You know that's that's the real smack in the face. Yeah. Did you know they can't come? No, to you, just, Russians? you need Russians for that, man. It just it doesn't work otherwise. Jeez. So this is the red scare. Yeah. But this is this is coming down from their uh, power structure that hate Russia, and we're seeing it now. I mean, now you're understanding who pulls their their strings. Oh heck yeah! Oh yeah! And I mean, Russia is the favorite now. It's the right. per, it's the perfect tool for anything. But then I got to also ask the question, since she's saying Russia was handing out checks, is Kanye the new Paul Robeson? Hmm. Going to talk to Putin. I mean, like, that's... that's Interesting. Or, or, will, or will he be used as that Yeah, way I hear you. To, I hear you. Interesting. To say, we need to bring Kanye in to put him before a uh, committee. What are you doing over there with Putin? What are you saying? Like, that kind of thing. I'm not saying he took money, but could it be portrayed? Mm-hmm. The same way they did Paul Robeson to say, bring Kanye in. Oh, you know, he was a Trump supporter. You know, you know the, the Russian dossier. And all. I mean, they, they'll just uh, lump it all on him. Could be. 
I mean, that's it, it, in the timeline. It would make sense. If, like I said, I would not give these people ideas, but I'll, I'll, I'll finish on this point about these clips is that now when I say memes, now you hear how powerful memes are. They were worried about anti-Hillary and anti-Bernie memes. You know, these things. Well, like, uh, uh, let's go, Brandon. It's very disturbing to them. It is because it's <laughs> you can't really. What do you? How do you police that? I mean, we was f Joe Biden. You could, yeah. Oh, that's that's vulgar. You know that. Uh, you can't say that. Uh, which we see the sob thing with him saying it. it's like, oh no, there's no problem. <laughs> but you were saying like, let's go, Brandon. But yeah, that's the thing. Is clever. It gets to the point, and that's why I'm gonna keep pushing this point of it's the meme stream media because mm-hmm. yeah, I love the that. Same I thing love they that. do the same thing they do segments of news stories. To, you're know, saying, you know, get information out. A meme does it like that yep. in a split second. It's like, oh, S- Spider Man all pointing at each other. Oh, I get that. You're know saying they're hypocrites. You know, <laughs> and and how do you police that? I no, you can't. Really also, AI. Yeah, and imagery is very important because AI can't really detect it that well at mm-hmm. all. Quite frankly, the AI can't, as far as I know, is not really capable of detecting irony, humor. This kind of stuff. Very difficult for uh, artificial intelligence to do. So the memes always get through. And that goes to the point, what you're saying, that we're entertaining and they're not. Yeah. They, 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 that's what kicks their butt. It's like, you know, <laughs> I stumbled into this. I mean, like, honestly, I mean, I've always done the research that I've done, but just into, you know what I'm saying, podcasting, that kind of thing. And and we're running circles around these people. Yeah, easily. It's pe- and, and it's not about me. It's like, it's an, it's, uh, thousands of other memes that's going to wake up and say, let me do my part. Let me make, you know, let me make memes. Let me post social media. Let me a uh, podcast or let me make clips and put them on, you yep. know, for other people to find. Exactly. <laughs> like everybody's pulling their work and we're kicking their ass and they know it. And it's like, how do we, you know, how do we get these people back in line? And, that's that's and why that's, podcasting is under such attack, man. That's exactly. they really that how did right? Who's in charge of that? Who do we call to <laughs> kick somebody off? You know? Can you say I plead the fifth? Can you say I, that? I you plead? Might. I will say it as as clearly as I can. I plead the fifth. We found the father of the pod. You said bring him in. You're Cancel saying. him. <laughs> right. <laughs> But uh, exactly. now we let's go into the Clarence Thomas thing because this is I think he's the OG of the high tech mention because they can't make it messy anymore and this goes with what you saying like why can't we have bodies on the street kind of thing to false flag it and right. they don't they can't do that so their method of doing it now is the high tech lynching uh, and here's thirty seven on uh, Clarence Thomas did not occur. When it came time for him to publicly respond to the allegations, Thomas turned the tables on his interrogators and, for all intents and purposes, ended the debate. This is a circus. It's a national disgrace. It is a high-tech lynching for uppity blacks who in any way deign to think for themselves. And it is a message that unless you kowtow to an old order, you will be lynched, destroyed, caricatured, by a committee of the U.S. U.S. Senate, rather than hung from a tree. Hey, and th- and that was led by Joe Biden. Oh yeah. Oh no. The, 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 it's, it's still in my mind. These uh, this. I was there, you know, and not there, there, but it it was all over the place, and we just followed this like holy crap. 
but they but they did always highlight the silly mo we have we got clarence we always put the silly in with with what was going on with him Right and, and long dong silver and all that stuff, you know the 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 the, the, pube Pu- the, the pubic can. hair and the coke can, all that stuff. And, yep, and they use Anita Hill as a Karen. Yeah, see, Karen doesn't have a color. Mm-mm. He, he doesn't have a. Co- how did he survive this though? How did he survive it? He had he had strong backing on the on on his side. Yeah, uh, and I think a lot of men at that time understood like. This was kind of like the beginning of the Me Too uh, sexual harassment kind of thing. They made him the face of that. Yeah. And I'm going to cover this, you're saying, in the Lost Tapes of how they actually use an episode of Different World made by Bill Cosby to kind of bring that into the psyche of black people. Uh, because they had like a false hearing that was uh, like a um, a mocking of the Clarence Tom- Thomas trial. Oh, Or okay. hearing. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, he had, he had strong backing, so he wasn't worried about that. But they knew that's the thing; they knew they couldn't keep him out. So it's like let's let's make him an Uncle Tom and uh, uh make the women hate him, and right. you know, and it has to be a black woman now. It has to be a black woman because yeah. we got to have the sisters against him, you know, that kind of thing. Like the, all of this was laid out to destroy him, and that's why he. I'm proud of him to say, and I don't agree with all his politics, of course, but I'm proud of him to say that this is a lynching of uppity negroes yeah and the worst thing you ever can be is uppity uppity, uppity. <laughs> yeah but if mo you're, uh, but mo you're but crazy. mo you're different i know <laughs> they don't understand that yet they don't get it you know what i'm saying like I, and, 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 i'm my daddy's son and yeah. this this if i and this is my this is my litmus test and, and i know this speaks for a lot of black men if I can't look myself in the mirror and see myself as a man anymore, I look my son in the eyes and say I'm a man anymore, I can't do it. And that, like I said, just to bring it full circle about them saying the, the vax decision. Yeah. It's, I can't tell my son I don't believe in something and still do it. Now, my ancestors had to do that for many a year. You're saying like just for the sake of survival. But see, my life is not on the line per se, but my reputation is. And I couldn't look at my son in the eyes and be like, hey, dad had to do this for you. Now, I'm not saying because I've been blessed with other opportunities. I don't I don't hold it against anybody that had to do that. And I could, if anything, I completely empathize with you because this is how disgusting this is. This is why they put it in Safeway and Food Lion and Walmarts. Because if you had that one week moment, it's like, man, let me go ahead and get this shot, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then you, I'm not saying you regret because I haven't went through it, but I'm just saying that it's 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 not an easy decision to the point I'm just going to be 400% transparent. I've been having headaches and stress, and I'm never a stressor. But the uncertainty of it and the lingering, the way they left you lingering, hanging in limbo, this, this was them. The, I'm going to give you an analogy. And like I said, this is not disrespect to anybody who actually, uh, actually lynched. But this is how I felt. They had me on my knees with the rope around my neck. And they say, boy, if you know your place, you can go. Right. I don't know my place. (laughs) Because what I realize is this is a very big world. And this is your great reset is my great reset. 
Your build back better is my build back better. Let's go. Right. So that's where I'm at with it. So I couldn't, and each person has their their line in the sand. That was my red line. Like they say, if I'm serious, that was my red line. No, I can't do this. And, uh, I, and I'm proud of you for it, Mo. Yeah, you know, I, it was my red line too, but I have a different set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a, a, a much riskier position. And uh, and you can be proud of yourself. Right. And of course, I'm not a fool. I mean, I may have provisions, but yet and still, I have to do that. I have to see this thing all the way out because this is, I believe, I'm at where I'm supposed to be at. I don't think anything is by chance. <laughs> uh, no. All the doors that have been opened up for me and continue to open up for me, I'm stepping out on faith. And, and I just like, um, that's the point of it. So um, I guess we got a couple more clips that we can get to. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm cognizant of time. It's okay, uh, but no, I'm just saying because it, it just I don't I don't want to make you know make the show too long. But this there's Clarence Thomas, and he's a very misunderstood man. Uh, and I, I looked to him because he had the same courage. He could have easily had the good life and be a Democrat, you know, and and go that route because he was already there. A little people don't know Clarence Thomas was damn near a Marxist in college. I didn't know that. Uh, well, let's listen to about clip 38. Bad things were happening. My grandfather had kicked me out. Kennedy was assassinated. I remember sitting there. Kennedy, King, Kennedy, KKK. I remember writing, oh my God, there it is, KKK, you know. And um, it was, it was, that was probably the last straw. I mean, I'm didn't need a last straw, but that was it. That was the nail in the coffin for me. And for the first time in my life, racism and race explained everything. It became sort of the substitute religion. I shoved aside Catholicism, and that was this. It was all about race. such moments and felt the rage that threatened to burn through the mask of meekness and submission behind which we hid our true feelings. I'm angry with my grandfather. I'm angry with the church. If it's a warm day, I'm angry. If it's a cold day, I'm angry. I'm just angry. I'm angry. I'm sort of flying, lashing out at every single thing. Nothing is right. So this is this is with him being radicalized. He was actually in seminary, uh, but when Martin Luther King got killed, and how his some of his brothers in seminary, white brothers in seminary, treated the assassination, you know, what I'm saying, and was very racist about it. It kind of uh, weaponized him, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not weaponized, but Radi- radicalized. Radicalized. Mm-hmm. That, that, thank you. It radicalized him. So he went from seminary to far. Wow, I uh, did, had no idea about that. To Marxist. Yeah, he went from being raised in a strong patriarchal uh, household by his grandfather, going to seminary, experiencing what happened with Martin Luther King, and then he laid out all the King, Kennedy, and we sent the two Kennedys and King, the KKK uh, assassinations, to radicalizing him, all the way to go to the other end of the spectrum of being a Marxist. Yeah. So I, I say that to say, it was a re- recent statement, by Joe Biden, and I, we can just play it right quick just to remind people 
that he says that uh, George Floyd's yeah. death was has a worldwide impact, has more of a worldwide impact than, than Martin, Luther, uh, Martin King. Luther King. Yeah, and he's and he's right. And I'll tell you why on the other side of it. He's going down to Texas on Juneteenth, right? The first major massacre, literally speaking, of the uh, Black Wall Street, right? Years ago. And he's going to have a rally. He's going to have a rally. And he doesn't wear a mask. And he doesn't think he's... I mean, come on. But even Dr. King's assassination did not have the worldwide impact that George Floyd's mm-hmm. death did. Well, what George Floyd happened to George Floyd, now you got how many people around the country? Millions of cell phones. Mm-hmm. It's changed the way everybody's looking at this. Look at the millions of people marching around the world. The world. So my point is that I think people are really realizing that this is a battle for the soul of America. Who are we? Okay. So the reason why I say he's right is Martin Luther King, you're saying his death, uh, they were able to use it, you're saying, for uh riots in America. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the major cities burned. In his mind, he's saying, Did you see this lynching? Yeah. Of George Floyd? It was much better. It was global. Yeah. That's what he's saying in, yeah. in his mind. And, and I'm gonna show you how he went for one second not knowing what the hell he was talking about saying that uh, uh, June, June, June yeah, Black, had something Black to do Wall with Street. Black Wall Street. But then when he's talking about controlling black folks, he perks up. Yeah. Oh, he, 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 he ah, he's funny. like, I, 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 right. But you heard him in his voice. He's like, let me tell you what happened to that boy Floyd. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on, on. Hold on. Let's bring it in here. That was, that's funny. And he doesn't wear a mask and he doesn't think he's yeah, yeah, but even Dr. King's assassination did not have the worldwide impact that George Floyd's mm-hmm. death did. And that was there. Well, what George Floyd happened to George Floyd, now you got how many people around the country? Interesting. What happened to George Floyd, and he stops there, like, hey, hey, how many cell phones? They got cell phones everywhere. Everyone saw this. Yeah, you're right. Right. And that, but you hear how he changed. Oh, yeah. 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 Kind of Millions of words. Of yeah. Cell phones. Cell phones. Yeah. It's changed the way everybody's looking at this. Yeah. 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 He's, he's yeah. cognizant there. Yeah. He he gets it because he's like, man, this kind of lynching. This will have him that, that thing. They're having voting for us for another 40 years. That's his mentality <laughs> that all we have to do now is how they used to have to roll out Dr. King you know, say in January. They just roll out George Floyd, play the tapes. Remember, you know. Uh, we'll protect it, it, you here's from the thing, uh, the though, Mo. over there. Yeah. Yeah, these white supremacists who are running the show, they, uh, you know, if that's their best guy, oh, well, maybe he's just the guy they throw away. Exactly. Yeah, I just throw that's him away. That's the point. They understand. <laughs> like, toss him co- out. Collateral damage. It's yeah. like, hey, you, I, I know Joe did it again, another crime bill, but you know, that's Joe. That's Joe. <laughs> I mean, that that's the... That's their mentality, and he's getting used. I mean, of course, but he, he believes. I mean, I always think Joe Biden's going to take the best deal possible. That's why he's Joe Biden and uh, bipartisan, uh, bipartisan Biden because he just wants to win. Uh, you see, like with Ukraine, whoever it doesn't matter. You're saying where's the money at? Yeah, that's his mentality. Um, but he understands. He understands the psychological. We talked about it before. He understands the psychologically psychological uh, effects of black people and how these uh, mind control mechanisms affect them. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And that goes to show you, that's why I played this clip, because Clarence Thomas went from seminary to being a Marxist. Yeah. Just from the MLK assassination. How many other people, you know what I'm saying, it, it pushed them over the AFC and George Floyd? It's the same thing. Yeah. And it's the same mentality that we're the ones that protect you from the bad people. So don't ever get out of line because we'll let them go. That's the, that's the message. That's the part. <laughs> like they say, they say the quiet part out loud. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, don't let us get out of the way of these white supremacists string you up again. No, no, your place vote. Yeah. That's, that's the mentality. And that's why I find it sick, disgusting. And it's why I've done this show and done the Jesse show about it. Because when they pulled that, it was triggering for me that you think you could trigger me. I mean, if that makes sense, like, <laughs> You think that I'm that base and dumb and and low level thinking that you can just roll out these fear tactics and it works, but it does work. Um, but it's insulting because you see it right away and and in you know like like the jurors like come on man this is this is crazy what are you guys doing? Correct. So let's go ahead and wrap up. I got two last final clips, and this is just the the radicalization of uh, Clarence Thomas. So I guess we start with uh, 1.2. And found his way to Holy Cross. He was entering society that was in turmoil. And he found his way to other blacks at Holy Cross who were very radical and Marxist. We're supposed to be revolutionaries. So you go to the local Army-Navy store in Worcester and you get Army fatigues and boots and why that was the dress is beyond me, but that's the way we dress. I wore carpenter's pants. No way! Bib overalls. shoot the cops who are shooting our black brothers in the back in this country. That's where we're going. We were for anybody who's kind of in your face. It could be Stokely Carmichael. It could be H. Rap Brown. Now the brothers in here maintain that they will stay here until the university willing to talk on their turn. It could be Angela Davis. It could be Huey Newton. So the more radical tended to be the people we gravitated to. Wow, what was that from? What was that special? Was that- That's from his uh, his documentary, Created Equal, Clarence Thomas in His Own Words, <clears throat> which I found, like, I learned a lot of stuff by watching that. I had no like idea said, about him. Like, the, the, didn't know any of that stuff. Yeah, but guess who else was a radical? Thomas Sowell. Mm. Sowell, how you want to pronounce Soul. it? Yeah. yeah, Sowell. Sowell. Mm. Yeah, so basically, that's why they get on so hard, because not only are they looking at him as you know, uh, right-wing butt-kissers, they look at them as traitors. Yeah. So they they know their enemy. You know what I'm saying? They like, and, 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 and you know, they and know. And it's been like, positioned and solidified, and it continues to this day, and the programming is so strong that people, smart people like Megyn Kelly, buy it. Russia bad. <laughs> uh. Yeah. It's because because it's it, it's ingrained and and that goes to show you the power of uh, media manipulation because I used to feel that way. I mean, growing up as a child, you watch Rocky Four, 
You watch Top Gun, right? You watch right. All these of course, movies where yes. Russians are, uh, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Red Dawn. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of these had you hate. I mean, we would get finished watching the movie and like ready to kill some Russians. <laughs> you laughing? Please. Life used to be simple. We just wanted to go out and fight some Bruce Lee gang, and then we had to go fight Russians after the movie. Yeah, right. So I mean, that's but that's how they use. Even people from my age like hate Russians because it's like, you know, uh, that's kind of how the propaganda they pushed us in the eighties. That the Russians were cheaters, right? Rocky Four, right? You know? Right? <laughs> or right? Thieves, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you couldn't trust them. That kind of thing they played underhandedly, but yet and still, you know, we see what was going on. But I got this final uh, clip. I'm saying with uh, Clarence Thomas, just the final wrap up about his. Uh, radicalization and then how it was received from his father and his brother and just keep in mind the Willie Lynch letter when you listen to this when I would go back home the exchanges with my grandfather were really horrible because I'd talk about the revolution and I wouldn't I'd be drinking and would <laughs> wouldn't comb my hair and it was bad and he looked at me and he was saying I didn't raise you to be like this after all our sacrifices this is what you become I thought he was weak and he thought I was I'd be gone up north and become one of those, as he said, damn educated fools. That I went up north and they put all that foolishness in my head. And my brother who came back from the Vietnam War didn't like it. What did he say? He told me that all of us should leave the country. All you radicals. All of us should leave the country. He had no use for any of us. Oh, man. Divide them politically, age. Right right down to the Abraham Lincoln solution. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty, so, pretty and, evil. And then somehow he, let me say, he, he went through this experience, just you know, saying the cliffhanger. I, I'll leave you there so you can go watch it for yourself. He went through an experience that swung him the pendulum back the other way that, of the Clarence Thomas that we see today, a more conservative person. So I'm just showing you that when Joe Biden said that, when they you pull these stunts like the Jesse Smollett case and all these things, they're Karens, they're playing into a deeper programming. And it's often missed upon people that didn't go through the experiences and understand how it's supposed to be. And they're like, why are you so triggered? But it's, I know how it's supposed to be meant. It's supposed to keep me in line. No, vote the way you're supposed to vote. Choose your saying, believe in science like you're supposed to be believe in science. Or we'll deplatform you like Farrakhan or or either Rizla Islam. You know what I'm saying? All those people, they just deplatform on them. They're like, nah, you're out of here. And it's even pre COVID because yeah. they knew they were going to be a problem. They're like, nope, nope, nope. We got to get these people out of here ASAP. And like I said, it starts with us. So, yeah, the, folks. The, <laughs> the template, uh, I think you've explained that extremely well uh, and appreciate it. And some of these these clips, like the newer Neely Fuller Jr. stuff, is fantastic. It's really mm-hmm. good. I've, I've learned a lot here. And you really. Um. Yeah, I think you you drove it home that yeah it starts it starts with you, 
but it's here. It's here for everybody. And, and we're playing right into it, particularly with the, and uh, intuitively, when I saw people coming out of the, mm, the, the COVID-19 days and starting to say, hold on a second, there's some stuff not right here. I'm like, mm-hmm. don't, don't, don't ridicule these people. Accept them with love. <laughs> you need to bring them in. You know, you need to bring them over. If if we're just going, ah, you idiot! I told you so. It's not going to help. It's exactly what what is what is desired. Because that's that's another divide by Willie Lynch. Yeah, is to say, oh, I was a true believer. It's like, I knew I knew from the beginning yep. it was a whatever whatever it was. You know what I'm saying? And then the people you make you make a subset of the people that kind of want to get off the narrative, but it's like it's not safe, so they go back to you know even pretending mm-hmm. that they believe the narrative. Um. We also now have faxmachine.com that is uh, pointing to our website. I could not resist. <laughs> I like the name so much. Uh, Mo, thank you so much. And thank you all to all our producers, execs, associate executives, uh, the boosters out there. You know who you are. Uh, MoFax.com. Support the show. Support the work. Uh, we'll be back in uh, two weeks' time. And uh, Mo, once again, congratulations on a new chapter in your life. And uh, thank you for another fantastic episode. I'm glad I could talk to you, Adam. As always, I enjoyed the conversation that we have, and we got a bright future ahead of ourselves. And this is not the end of something, but the beginning of something bigger. And I am getting my uh, letter framed. Uh, so, and as I always say, pay attention to everything, and the truth will reveal itself. Southern feet. Strange fruit Blood on the leaves And blood at the roots Black bodies Swinging in the southern breeze trees pastoral scene of the gallant south them big bulging eyes and the twisted mouth Magnolia clean and fresh then the sudden smell of burning flesh here is a fruit the crows to pluck for the rain to gather for the wind to suck for the sun to rot for the leaves
Here is a 